All right, listen up, y'all. I'm y'all substitute teacher, Mr. Garvey. I taught school for 20 years in the inner city, so don't even think about messing with me. Y'all feel me? Okay, mm-hmm. take a roll here. Jay Quellen. Where's Jay Quellen at? No Jay Quellen here? Yeah. Uh, do you mean Jacqueline? Okay. So that's how it's gonna be. Y'all wanna play. Okay, then. I've got my eye on you, Jay Quellen. Balake. Where is Balake at? No Balake here today. Yes, sir. My name's Blake. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Blake. What? Do you want to go to war, Balaki? No. Because we could go to war. No. I'm for real. I'm for real. So you better check yourself. D-nice. Is there a D-nice? If one of y'all says some silly-ass name, this whole class is going to feel my wrath. Now, D-nice. Do you mean Denise? Oh, no. Bitch! You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro-Nerd Radio. With your guides, D-Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. edition of Afro Nerd featuring Captain Kirk. Hopefully my mic sounds nice. My mic sounds nice. The call-in number remains the same. As always, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. Well, there's a lot to delve into, people. We have the uncanny Daryl B. in full attendance, so I want to definitely pick his brain and get into a little bit of Avengers Infinity War spoiler talk. So once again, folks, 
It Sucks to Be You, again, deferring to my co-discussant. Um, I want to get it in. I want to talk about Avengers more succinctly. And you know what else we have to talk about? He's the man of the hour or the man of the last 48 hours, Kanye West. We spoke about him last week. And I don't know if this person is is a mad scientist because we know that he has some new material coming out. And yet his discussions about slavery, among other things, have essentially caused the the planet to stop. <laughs> I, I'm I'm being somewhat facetious, but everyone is talking about this young man and treating him as if he's a serious person. I look at him as a village idiot that's been able to garner an income by being a village idiot. But we will dig in deep. Anyway, let's go to one of my vaunted herb alt grooves. You're gonna get that get past that and then we're just gonna dig dig in deep. This is well you know what? Jesus. <laughs> Hold on. Folks, I had I was so hyped up about this Kanye West situation that I actually have the wrong page. Okay, here we go. All right. Now we're ready. Janelle Monet, she too has a new project. I kinda dig this particular cut. This is from the Dirty Computer Album, if they still use the term album nowadays. We'll get past this. I'm going to give you two minutes of groove, and then, again, we're going to just go into this. This is Janelle Monet, Afropunk alumnus, Americans, Americans. We'll be right back. Let's groove.
Okay, folks, just a taste, just a skosh, once again, the lovely and talented Janelle Monet, Simply Americans, Americans. I'm your host, D. Burke, a.k.a. The Afro Nerd, and guess what? We're back live and direct. The machine is fully equipped. We're open for business. The call-in number is 646-915-9620, 646 646- 9159620 let's just get it in get it in pardon me beam down in Calabasas <laughs> for obvious reasons because we got a problem on our hands i think the black collective anyway captain you're needed there i'm beaming you down captain kirk let's get it in Are you there? Can you hear me? Can you hear yeah, me? now I can hear you. Okay, yeah. all right. I wasn't in. I'll say this. Real, I'll be very outsized with this, very outsized. I'm very intrigued to hear what Darrell B. had to say as far as this Infinity War is concerned. Now, I'll just throw a little salt in the wound with this. No, I'm not going to do no long-winded diatribes. It's not appropriate at this given time. We have other things to do at this given time. But just listen to this. Ben Rich, the CEO of Lockheed Martin, from 1975 to 1991, had said, if you've seen it on Star Wars or Star Trek, we have been there, done that. We now have the technology to take E.T. home. That's the CEO of Lockheed Martin. Just to just throw a little something into salt, a little salt into the wall. Now, for all of you overzealous people that might not like my syntax today, too bad. All right, I have a lot to say about this movie. I'm pretty sure Daryl B. has a lot to say about this movie. And I'm pretty sure Afro-Nerd has a lot to say about the movie. We'll get to your calls, but Afro-Nerd has to talk, Daryl B. has to talk, and I have to talk. So let's get it started, Afro-Nerd. Uh, okay. Uh, this, this gentleman, I will give credit where credit is due. He might be like myself, part Wakandan. <laughs> I if he if he were to lower his lip, he might have some digital coding, perhaps. He might be Shuri's cousin. He has an eidetic memory. He is most certainly the uncanny Daryl B. Uh, let, let, let me be I'm not going to touch Infinity War. I will take you back two years, three years. Kanye did that performance. Uh, I guess Blood on the Roses or whatever at one of those award shows. And on this show, then myself and Afronerd all said, you guys are putting Kanye on this pedestal. Be careful. Be careful. He is not that enlightened. We said it on this show, I want to say two years ago, because that was the performance he did where everything was dark, and then you see the slaves in the background, and he's wearing, like, his own outfit on the front, and it's got the drums going, and it's got this tribal thing, and I saw all of black Twitter, and everybody, yeah, Kanye, yeah, oh, my God, he's raising the people up, oh, my God, look at that, oh, my God. And we on this show went contrary to all of that and said, that ain't Kanye. <laughs> Good luck. That, he, isn't, he isn't that enlightened. 
My only hope is whatever infected Kanye to to go total freaking sunken place avoids Kendrick Lamar. It, it sort of grays uh, Chance the rapper, but Chance is fighting the infection now, you know. But like I said, folks, kill your heroes. Let's get this started. All right, Daryl, listen, I want to I begin with you because we spoke about this a little bit on the Grindhouse show, but we were, we were respectful and we had to speak kind of in um, roundabout terms. Of course, we finally made it, Avengers Infinity War. So, I mean, simply put, what were your impressions about the film? You can go through that. And if you like, um, you can go, go into some spoiler talk. But just generally, how do you feel about the movie? And then you can go further than that. Your impressions, sir. No, I will avoid the spoiler talk. I will put out and tell everybody what I put out on Twitter about it. I went... Congratulations, Marvel. Ten-year ten year plan. It wasn't even a plan in the beginning. It was a one-off thing that screw, grew into this. But ten years, 20 movies, a lot of them, a lot of them hit. There were a few misses, all right? Uh, uh, and, and there were a couple that were exceptional as all hell, all right? But they, they, got, they got the dang thing done. All right, that's the first thing. Secondly, for everybody out there, this is not a perfect movie. <laughs> By no no stretch of the imagination is this movie perfect. And the reason why I say that is look at the treatment of the female characters in this movie. That that's the that that's the second thing. I will put that right there thing. Third, this will not do the Black Panther rewatch numbers. Okay, it'll make a lot of money because folks that avoided Black Panther because hey, it's named Black Panther went to see this one. All right. And some of those folks, I think that's the rise for the spike in Black Panther viewership is some of the folks that went to see this then realize, oh, shoot, I should have went to see Black Panther in the first place and went around to go back and see Black Panther. Like I said, folks, I did. I do listen to the Sunday ones. I just can't call in. And hopefully the mic thing is, is situated over there, D-Bird, because we will be getting into it a couple times tonight. I have that feeling. Now about the movie itself. Let's, let's just start off with the big one, the big, the big thing in the room. Without going to, into plot, F Star-Lord. Now, now that I got that out of the way, uh, I know Cap couldn't get into it. I will get into it. I will get into it right here. This movie blew it big time. There is no way the big three survived this intact. Okay? Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man all made it through this movie alive. That is impossible. No fucking way. Add to boot, add to boot. All right, I yes, I did spoil that, but folks, you know, you know, we were all taking bets as to. It's Wednesday. Go ahead, man. Yeah, we were all taking bets as to who is going to die and stuff like that. That is a big, a big no-no. All right, I, in my eyes, in my view, okay, because you needed the gravitas of one of those characters leaving this plane, and all three of them made it through. 
Like I said, you guys have had your time to go and watch this movie. I spoiled it. There you go. All right? Now, with that that out of the way, I like the way they did this. <laughs> Even with the complaints I just gave, I like the way they did this. But the reason why I said one of them had to die is um, Cap. Thanos was throwing down with gods, right? He was punching yep. full mass with with uh, the Hulk, right? That that happened. We saw that on the film. We saw this go on. He was punching with Thor. He was punching with the Hulk, right? Not holding back any. He had mm-hmm. no reason to care for human life, right? Then how Correct. the hell is Iron Man, Tony Stark, still fucking alive? <laughs> Folks, you you can give me I all the B- yeah. You can give me all the BS excuses you want. And remember, I'm the comic guy. I always have an ex comic explanation for getting out of these things. Tony Stark should be dead. That is the major one right there. I'm not even going with Captain America because at times we've seen under duress, Captain America can get superhuman strength. You could parse the way that off. Okay, no problem. Iron Man with damaged armor took a full backhanded punch from damn Thanos, who just slugged it out with the Hulk and slugged it out with Thor. I'm sorry. Tony Stark should be paced. He he should be a computer program in his own machine right now, but there's no way that man needs to be whole. That is A. B, and... and I've held back on this a while. I'm going to get into it right now. Let it out. Let it out. All right? You could tell, and this is where I have to agree with Sergio, you could tell the, the Wakandan scenes they shoehorned in. All right? And and to the female caller that called you Sunday, that fight scene was tight. <laughs> Okoye uh, and, and thing, uh, with Proxima Midnight, that fight scene was tight. Here's my problem. Black Widow? Okoye, they're regular human beings. Proxima Midnight can suck it out with Titans. You know who trained Proxima Midnight? You know who plucked her out? Thanos. <laughs> when she hits, when she hits Black Widow, and then here comes the blade coming down, and Black Widow somehow blocks it with her stays. I was like, I yelled out in theater, "Bitch should be dead." Because it finally got to me. It, they finally got to me. With all the deaths I'm not seeing here, you know, those two deaths, no, 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 no. They need to be paced. They need to be done. D-O-A, done. But that being said, we move on here. I like the way the Wakandan scene was handled, though. I liked how they did that. They nearly got it seamless. Okay, the problem is the parts they cut out of the Black Panther to shrink it down would have more importance. If if those were left in the movie, then you could see the ties to this one. Like there's a scene leaked out with Okoye and Wasabi, Wasabi, her husband, you know, the, the Daniel Kaluuya character, which would be like prophetic to what would happen in civil in civil war in infinity war 
You know, it would be prophetic. It would it would have lined up everything. And you know what? That that's cool because uh, if we get the director's cut on the Blu-ray, which has got to have the four full four-hour experience or whatever, supposedly. We we will see that oh my god just like just like how the uncut Batman Superman made a little bit more sense that you know this that that'll line those two pictures up better all all the props in the world to Josh Brolin I I don't know what anybody else was expecting for Thanos to be but he surpassed my expectations he handled Thanos he did almost everything that Thanos did in the comics, he did here. And this was almost a seamless melding of the Infinity Gauntlet storyline and the Infinity storyline in terms of Thanos, except for one glaring mistake. At the end, when he approaches that figure in whatever the nether, that netherverse was, all right? Okay, and I'm not spoiling that one because that's a big part of this movie. That figure should have been Lady Death. That figure should. I thought that figure should have been Lady Death. You, you you wouldn't like. You would just see the the hooded figure, and 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 him talking to the hooded figure. You wouldn't need to see a face. I mean, even Jeff, Jeff at uh, Time Warp had a, a great theory. He wanted it to be Hella. You know, it, it, to, to further strengthen the ties between her being the goddess of death for, for Asgard and the, and, the, and the Asgardians, have it be the, uh, Hela they reports to, or something like that. Like that, where you go, oh, we didn't see that coming. I went like, oh, my God, that's genius. <laughs> you know, you know just, just have it come full circle. But... We, I, I, I will leave this long-winded thing down like this. Everybody got to do their thing here. Everybody got to do their thing. Every, every character had a chance to shine. I even heard like people complaining about Mantis' treatment here. And I'm like, she got to do more in this one than she did in two, where she was played off mostly as a joke. You know, maybe it's a sign of her character evolving. But the greatest success of this dang movie, and I gave it 8 out of 10, by the way. It doesn't crack my top three. But, you know, for the culmination and and to do it and and to move all of these pieces, yo, the Russos need to be applauded for this. Right? The greatest culmination is how long have we been screaming and, and, and getting on the millennials and millennial behavior? How long? Like, since the show started, like, these kids, oh, my God, oh, don't you have common sense and stuff? This movie got me to cry over a millennial. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe I cried over this one character's scene. But you know what? This character as a tall thing, as a kid, we've laughed with this character the whole damn time. And they got me to cry over millennials, so kudos to them for that. You know, if you have watched all the movies, you were rewarded with this one, all right? The, 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 the worst hot takes I heard from guys is guys come in who didn't see any other of the movies, but they wanted to see this one. 
you do yourself an injustice. All right? <laughs> at the very at the very least, at the very least, there should have been three movies out of all of them that you should have seen. You should have seen the original Iron Man, which kicked the whole thing off, okay? You you should have seen the Avengers. Like, how are you watching this and not watching the original Avengers at all? That that makes no sense. And you should have seen Captain America Civil War to see where the fractures took place. All right? Now, the end credit scene that people hated on, why? It shows you the... I don't get why people hated that. Oh, because that character got... Well, hey, a bunch of characters got... Like, you're left wondering, okay, what is the Avengers team we're going to put, be putting together here? And that's where a certain guy on a surfboard in silver comes into play, and a certain guy that, that we, we saw his head, his bust in, in, in Thor Ragnarok, maybe, maybe the character hinted there wasn't on Earth because she's out recruiting these guys. Saying we're going to need more firepower. Just think about that a second, because there has to be a four. We have to build up to a four, right? And uh, certain certain characters that everybody loved it, it aren't here no more, because they they stay true to the book in that one. Yeah, your favorites ain't coming out of this. So, folks, folks that that are like. Okay, we're going to compare it to Justice League. I don't need to, because in my mind, those are two different <laughs> movies. Folks, uh, folks that are like, well, this was no Black Panther. This wasn't trying to be Black Panther. So you could ki- miss me with that, too. And folks are like, well, this, 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 this started the malaise of the comic book movie, and this just hastened it. Well, just admit you never saw any other of the comic book movies, and you put this article just for freaking hits. Because if you've never watched any of the comic book movies up to this point, and this is the one you start with, A, you're full of bullshit. And B, because true word of mouth, you, if you're a film critic, all right, and you saw the buzz behind uh, Black Panther, you had to have watched that. If you were a film critic and and you heard the buzz behind The Dark Knight, you had to have watched that. And if you say, I've never seen one of those movies, excuse me, History of Violence, that was a comic book movie. The Losers, that was a comic book movie. Uh, What what was the one with the mobsters with uh, Tom Hanks? History of Violence was... was, uh... was Viggo um, Morrison? Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition. That was a comic book movie. So when you throw out that I've never watched a comic book movie, but I'm gonna watch this, and then I read your catalog and I see beep 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 beep, it tells me a you're a bad critic, and b you don't know how to do your research. There's a On reason I put that as a hashtag. On that note, let's let's go Wait. to the captain. Let's <laughs> roll. You got time constraints there. Sorry, that Unless, that's going to be the end right. of it. We go. give us your impressions. Right. Uh, I, I we, think we can get we can get into spoiler we can get into spoiler talk to the to the audience. Right. This is a spoiler show. Captain, proceed. 
All right. I, I think Thanos is a very deep character. You know, he's a very deep character, and that was not explored entirely here. You understand? And Daryl mentioned it when he said, you know, Mistress Death and things of that nature. He has a relate. That's the real reason why they're doing this. They changed this more or less. And his reason for his reason within this, as they as they say, it comes from another area. And then people online started looking. Does that make sense? Well, if you got 3.5 billion people on the planet, no, excuse me, 7, 7 billion people on the planet, and you wiped out half of them and you were left with 3.5 billion, a lot of people said, yeah, well, it'd be easier to eat. But how long before you got to do it again? <laughs> so you see, you see, there got to be another motivation, you know, because humans F like rabbits. In a little while, you got you, you to go ahead, we'll get back with that within 200 years. So you got to go do it again. See what I'm saying? It's just, just, just a philosophy of thinking. And I think Thanos is a very, very deep character, which they could not explore. And I understand that because the way these things are set up. They set up in a model. They set up in a formula in order to make money. So when you set these things up in a formula, in a model, a paradigm, in order to make money, certain things will suffer. Someone for like me, I look at the movie, I say it was all right. You understand? Because I get below the epidermis. You understand? When, when I look at these things. I say, okay, this is a formula. It's like Jurassic World, which is pretty much the same movie. It's a formula. It's a formula. It's what you do. Now, a lot of people are going to say that's the greatest thing, too. There's really not much, much going on there. So, I said, like, Black Panther is a deeper movie. You understand? There's something going on there. And when I went into that, that Black Panther, I had superhero fatigue. I came out of there, I was recharged because it's not surface detail. You understand? It, it, it goes deeper. This is something here you pretty much, this, this is what they're supposed to do. It's what they're supposed to do. It's what they're supposed to give you. They can't make the movie for me. They make the movie for me, they're not going to make the money. See, and Marvel understands the formula, so kudos to them. You know, it has to be shallow, a lot of action-packed, and everything else. I hear people when they're talking, they say, oh, it had so much action. We've seen Marvel for the longest. We've seen Marvel since the Iron Man movies. It's going to look nice. We know it's going to look nice. It's like how you've seen Transformers 1. They look incredible. And after a while, it's like, eh, what else are you doing? What's with the story? Let's get, let's get a little bit deeper. So someone like me, to tell you the truth, now that we're here, Thanos probably needed two movies because he's such a deep character if you read the book. What's really going on with him? You know? That's probably what he needed before for him to get up in here in order for them for me in order to do this right. To have that feeling like, oh, I really saw something. You know? And I have a few issues with, with what went on. When Thanos went at the Hulk, that battle went a little too quick. I understand, and I have to say he had the power gem. You understand? For those of you with the infinity stones and everything. I understand that. But it was a it's a little too quick. It's just a little too quick. Because we all know Hulk is supposed to have unlimited strength. What happened? You understand? Doctor Strange has to, uh, you know, suppress Doctor Banner, the Banner aspect in him, in order for him to get it. Come on, come on. You, you, you know, little problem right there for me, as far as the movie's concerned. That would have made it a little bit better. That battle should have went on a little bit longer. Thanos wins, of course, because he has the power jet, the power stone. You know, so you, you got those issues with, with that, you know, with that in there. You know, I, I just thought, looking at the movie, more or less, as I'm watching it, I'm like, it's all right. 
the summer blockbuster. It's going to make money. I didn't feel any particular way. You understand? Know I, I didn't feel any particular way. It's supposed to look well. It's marvel. It's supposed to look good. They've been doing this since Iron Man. You understand? They don't throw, oh, this this is look crazy up there. They don't do that. You know? So for me, I just needed more. But if you give me more, you may not, you may break the formula. Let's look at Avengers 1. Excellent movie, right? Not so much when we get to 2. Right? And this is more or less along the same line as far as I'm concerned with it. Why was Avengers 1 so great with people? Because you didn't see that union like that. You wanted to see these characters. It's a good movie. It was a good movie. It's better than this, as far as I'm concerned. It's better than this. This movie here does its job. It's going to make a lot of money. But in my mind, it's only all right. I would have liked to see Mistress Death. Who knows? Maybe, somehow, somehow, some way, talk to the gods. Mistress pops up in the next one. And I think they did a good job with setting up the next movie. The way the setup works, it looks like it's going to be a better movie than this. So I'll be a bit more excited for that movie, to tell you the truth. You know? Eh. I, I, I won't talk too long when I pass it to Africa. Sergio, we see you. We'll let you in in a minute. Don't worry. Relax, Sergio. We see you. Wait, wait, hey Cap, what what did you think yeah. of the, the the thinking? I know I tweeted it, I saw other people say it, that Thanos was actually Rosh Al Ghul on a cosmic scale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that. There's a lot going on with that guy. But back to Afrino. Let Afrino get it. All right. I I'll really try to be brief on this thing. Um, you know, I gave my impressions on Sunday's Grindhouse show. Um, just channeling what the captain was talking about as far as the power sets. Well, actually, the captain and Daryl referenced this. If you're really into the mythology, the way that some of this stuff plays out on screen, you're going to go there, you're going you're gonna to wince. The, the fight scene between um, the Hulk and Thanos was, was a problem. Not that Thanos couldn't have bested him, but I think it should have been done in a more convoluted sort of way. It shouldn't have been so easy as far as actual fisticuffs. Because at the very least, the Hulk, as, as the captain said, going back into 1970s TV mythology, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Bill Bixby. There's no limit to Bruce Banner's anger as the Hulk. There's just no limit. It should, he should have been a problem. Matter of fact, just, just like just like Captain America is a problem for Thor when it comes down to that enchanted hammer. You saw in Ultron that he moved it a little. Talking about Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers has a certain kind of moral moral sensibility. So we all know, comic book fans, that there are there are a finite amount of individuals that are able to lift Thor's enchanted hammer because of the worthy factor. Whoever so whoever is so worthy can lift up Molnir. So when it moved a little, you saw Odinson shook a little. If Thanos gave Hulk a couple of hits and Hulk laughed it off, that's when that's when Thanos should have been. Uh oh, I'm not so sure about this guy. We didn't see any of that. He made Hulk bitch out. Even to the point where 
he wasn't able to become, you saw the Hulk actually having a fear. That's not the way it's supposed to go down. Maybe he should have been immobilized by one of the stones, something. But pound for pound, no. I didn't care for that. That's when I said, okay, we're doing some kind of, some kind of uh, Cliff Notes version of the mythology. I didn't appreciate that. Uh, I said it on Sunday. I'm, over, I'm pretty much satisfied. It doesn't take me that much when it comes down to seeing the actual interactions of, of the characters. The Russo brothers have to be applauded because this is a mountainous undertaking to get these characters to actually interact. Um, as as Daryl referenced also, the caller, uh, the, the young woman that called in, you know, we, we, listen, it's all good. We can all come in. And I want people to agree, disagree. That's part of the spiel. But I did, I did wince a little when she talked about the fight scenes because I, I think I said on air, I don't know how much better the fight scenes could be for the, for, the, for the audience, for her. I don't know how much better. There are other IPs, there are other, even in the Marvel Universe, but even outside. I, I referenced um, uh, the Transformers. I'm, I'm not really a fan of the Transformers because I really can't see anything. The transformations are so quick. The fight scenes are so quick. But this time I actually saw... What was going on? So I, I was really in awe of the fight scenes. <clears throat> so between the CGI, the fight scenes, the interaction between the characters, I was, I was good. Where you, where you lose me is when I started seeing some of the characters disappear or die. I said, okay, Black Panther, you just made a billion dollars. You're good money. You're not going anywhere. I mean, there, 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 there are certain things that you just know there's no real loss. That complaint of there being a loss, uh, or, or rather, um, yeah, that, that, that Marvel, the complaint that Marvel doesn't really lose or that no one really dies or there's no real – there's got to be a loss for the audience to feel something. Uh, I think they fell short because we know who's going to come up for a sequel. Doctor Strange has got to get a sequel. Uh, the Guardians, Gamora, they got to get a sequel. No, they just, they just interviewed Zoe Saldana, and she's acting, I'm talking about in quotes, acting as if this is her last Marvel film. But in the same breath, she's like, well, we got to see for number four. We got to see. No, once that check hits your account, we're going to see. Knock it off. Let's not be silly. So that, that's where it, it gets a little bit of an issue. And then lastly, and I'm going to keep it terse, lastly, there's, there's – there's aspects of a lot of other villains. I, I think the uh, Rachel Ghoul connection is very, very shrewd. I think that's an excellent. The father-daughter situation, that's right on target. But I, 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 I think of Wilson Fisk also because, and this is where, it's, it's, again, it's, it's an issue. The, the, what is masterful about the Netflix, Netflix imprint is that many of their TV series, we get a full breath view of their villains. We really find out their motivation. The captain went into this. Anyone familiar with Thanos? Either it would have had to be damn near a three and a half hour movie. I mean, that's kind of sort of. Maybe it would have. It would. It should have been an old school thing. Old school. They would have had an intermission. They. They maybe they should have explored an intermission because. In order for Thanos to be, com- to be complete, because I thought that, let's keep it 100, Josh Brolin was a beast. I think there's even some Oscar talk floating around for his character. 
I thought that between the CGI being on point, uh, not like Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf, again, taking a shot at DC, it is what it is. It is what it is. I didn't think, <laughs> I didn't think that Thanos wasn't real. I was like, he's walking around like, you're, I'm, I'm forgetting this is not a real character. This is, this is, this is Brolin in a motion capture suit. But the, the CGI was, was like 95% on point. So, but if you're going to do a Thanos story, in the mythology, you understand clearly why, why, why he is called the Mad Titan. You, you really would have, would have had to go to Titan, see how he was, was raised, how actually he was, he was destined to be killed. His own mother took a look at him because uh, the captain referenced this at an early show. I'm going into a little bit of mythology. You can look it up. Mm-hmm. He does not look like his brother. <laughs> his brother looks like yep. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt with a Wolverine haircut. Okay, if I remember correctly. He wrote Star Fox. Right? So he, he looked a little weird. He, didn't, he looked weird. His mother said, had, the, the, his mother had a premonition that he is going to grow up to be Hitler. On a, a cosmic Hitler, and she was about to kill him, and he was somewhat ostracized by his people. And then, as he gets it goes uh, uh, reaches maturity in his teenage years, he starts to worship nihilism. He starts to worship the idea of death, of actually loving a feminine physical interpretation of death. If you had that connected to this eco-terrorist angle, you would have had a complete reason for why Thanos was on this mission. Keeping it open-ended that, that he just wanted people, he just wanted to, he just wanted to, to, to deal, with, deal with population control. Oh, come on. That's not, it's just not, it's not, it's, it's not much of an explanation. So, well, they- they couldn't nope. go. They nope. couldn't make him the original Goth, oh, which he was. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Go ahead, say that, Daryl, again. No, they couldn't make him the original Goth symbol, which he was. You know, but this is part of the reason why we said, go to your library, go to your comic shop. You may want to take a look at the original Infinity Gauntlet before this movie. That's all I'm saying. Back to you, Afternoon. Listen, these are Kanye West devotees. They don't read. <laughs> there we go. They don't read. <laughs> okay. You know, John, John Hutton, our, our, our friend John Hutton just threw out a shot in the chat room when he made reference to CW Flash. And he said that, you know, he, when, he, when he found out the thinker's motivation, and he said, well, the thinker's motivation to make everybody stupid is kind of a whack motivation. I said, well, based on Kanye, <laughs> it appears the thinker has already won. I'll leave it at that. I'm done. I loved Infinity War. I loved it. I felt like a kid looking at it. Um, I hope number four, I hope number four would actually start to explore other IPs, Submariner, Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four, if that deal goes through. I don't know. But if, if nobody is around, I expect to see... Hell, even Wesley Snipes can make an appearance. I don't care. 
Brother Voodoo. I don't care. There's got to be somebody else. I don't. I don't want to see the same crew of people. Not for number four. That doesn't well, make that, any sense. They, that's where the character you you guys brought up, you know, is, and including someone on the surfboard, make oh so much sense because it would explain where Captain Marvel was. Where, you know, it would explain, you know, where you get in another... Hey, personally, I'm rooting for Quasar, <laughs> and I'm rooting for Gladiator. You know, I, I'm well, going Adam to... But we've seen Adam Warlock, like, twice, you know? No, <laughs> Not actually real, physically the, seen. We've seen two different real, cocoons. But we need to forget that. We want to see a grown-up do, all right, that and maybe an actual Nova, you know, I mean, a yeah. real Nova that we know, okay, because we didn't see any, well, I guess it, it was inferred that he destroyed the Nova, yeah. Nova core, right, okay, see, that stuff's got to be explained, anyway, I loved it, but number four better bring it, uh, let's go to the lines, and then we got to make room for Kanye, we just got to, uh, let's go to Sergio Mims, our resident cineast, Serge, what's up? Uh, a couple of things. First of all, I think Daryl is wrong. It um, black. I'm sorry. Infinity War will outgrow at the way it's going. It will outgrow Black Panther worldwide. Domestically, I'm not sure. Uh, probably not. But worldwide, it's already over 800 million. It'll be past a billion dollars by this weekend, and then it'll go up. From, and then it'll just keep going from there. So whatever problems people have with the movie, uh, that's not going to stop it from making all this money. Uh, number two is that, um, well, I don't want to spoil things, but um, you can. Go when, when Daryl says ahead. Millennial died, which are you referring to? Who are you referring to? Are you referring to someone who's part of a group? Yes, someone who's part of a group. Yeah, well, right. Well, you see, here's listen, the thing. Listen, you know, listen. I thought going like you, I thought Gamora. Well, Gamora. Yeah, okay, no, fine. no, you're you're wrong about Gamora. Gamora's still alive. Remember, Gamora's Lobo. I don't know what she that means. De- she needs a fatal hit. She did not get a fatal hit. She can always right, regenerate. Well, you see, what, well, we okay, well, that's well, the thing. So right, you're, go you're going to what one of my major problems is with this movie. We don't know is this. that is that. Um, I, I can't get into something where there's really no stakes in the game. I mean, you look what Thor goes through in that picture, and I go, like, how come he's still alive? Yeah, he's a superhero and all that, but really? You can travel through god. space and not run out of breath. A, you can take the blast uh, of a, a star, yeah. and I don't get well, it. Is, so then there's, well, there's, no, there's no... Um, third, 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 third. Thor, Thor is is almost on a on a Superman level. Thor is a god. He's not a superhero. He's not just a superhero. He is a god. So what's right. the risk? And, he, and actually, well, I mean, what's the if risk? You're going to talk about. Hold on. If you're talking about Thor, or or even if they went into like uh, the Olympus heroes, I mean, this gets really involved. But if you get into those that are that are considered gods, they are extremely they are extremely long lived. Or they are immortal, so that's what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah but that, that, that means that's, there's that's, no that's, conflict. That means there's no conflict. Well, He's always going to win out at the end. But yes, there is a conflict because what is? Because the gods can only be reconstituted 
They can only come back if the realm is still whole. Now, the problem is, at the end of Thor's own picture, Ragnarok, he had to essentially get rid of Asgard. So, by doing that and moving, he didn't expect to get jumped by Thanos, right? Which leads to another problem. Hi, where the hell is Valkyrie? I'm hoping Valkyrie's somewhere with Captain Marvel. But, you know, I could have seen Tessa Thompson in this pick. Say, here, wink, wink, nudge that Drew so she should have grabbed her. Don't tell me she was working on that damn freaking uh, 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 alien movie. It's not a, well, look, she's busy. Westworld. Westworld, yes, dirty, Westworld uh, doing whatever she's doing with uh, Janelle Monae. Annihilation. Uh, dirty computer. All of that. <laughs> yeah, Thank you, Cap. That was the alien movie I couldn't remember. Annihilation. Yeah, how, when, when did she become the black girl du jour? When did that happen? <laughs> hey, she's they, doing they the like same thing, and she's not embarrassing herself in public. So I'd rather have that than have a star continuously embarrassing herself in public and getting that work. No, no, no. Um, Tessa has stayed low-key and been doing her thing. You know, it's maybe it's just me. I just don't think she's all that. I don't know what it is. You know, that's me. Yeah, but look, yeah, but getting back, you see, that's why I like I, Logan. I because Logan was sort of like based in the real world. It was about a guy who was dying slowly. At the end, he does die. There's a sense of mortality about these characters, right? Not like, if this guy's a god, what's the stakes? There are no stakes. But that that is just oh, it. You know when a god is? gets you know killed is, by you know? another god, and Thanos is a god. Eternals are gods. They're elevated, you know. Especially the Titans, the Titans of Eter- uh, the Eternal Titans, the ones that came from Saturn's mood. Those guys, yeah, they're godlike. The only reason they haven't returned yet is because hello, Thanos is still alive. He's the one that killed them. So in that case, yo, death is permanent. Until you get rid of him, which if he has the gauntlet on his hands, you remember what he told Thor. <laughs> you so know, why didn't Iron? So why didn't Iron Man die? I thought for sure in one particular scene, I said, okay, he's gone. If you heard the beginning of the program, that's what I read with. That's the most glaring problem with this damn thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, right. Tony Stark is not a god. I, you know what? I need the voice of Gozer. Time is going, guys. I know, I know. <laughs> I need the voice of Gozer from okay, um, get, um, um, Ghostbusters. In. You are not let's, the let's god. Let's give Q a chance. Let's, let's give Q in. a chance now. Yeah, please, let's give Q man. A Q. Q. Yeah. Fine. Uh, okay. I'm not going to take up any more Jump time. I'm just going to say. I was just going to say, Afternoon, I was 100% behind you in this in this discussion. Uh, the way they did the Hulk made was ridiculous. I'm just going to ask a question, just a quick yes or no. When Thanos beat him, was he using the power, Jim? Yes. He had it on him. Yes. He had it okay, so then, yeah, then it does make sense. It does make sense that he beat the Hulk. But I, I'm, I'm debating with this other guy on Facebook that, well, no, he didn't use the power, Jim, because it wasn't glowing. No, like, no. Once, once no. you have the gems... 
unconsciously you will be constantly using the power because it becomes a part of you. The, okay. the Legends of Tomorrow stole that this season when they were doing the, the amulets and the, the, the wearers and stuff like that. Once you got the stone, it is a part of you. You are unconsciously or consciously using their powers 24-7. Well, then it makes, I guess, okay, now that we've established that, I guess it makes yeah. sense that he would beat the Hulk. However, what I didn't like was, in regards to the Hulk, was at the end, in, in the last half of the film, this ridiculous notion that Banner can't summon the Hulk and Banner becomes a, a joke yeah. in the Hulkbuster suit. That was ridiculous to me. And I, I, you guys know how I feel. I'd rather, if you're not going to show me the Hulk, which is ridiculous, show me Banner and Shuri going at it intellectually in the lab over the vision. All right. Well, well, let, me, other, let me tell well, you what should have happened. Well, we should have had an unlimited Hulk going crazy. We should have had War uh, Thor with the Warrior Madness triggered, and somehow he got the belt of strength. They didn't really be going in. <laughs> and, and honestly, it's it's a it's a tired it's a tired trope where you can't summon your greater power. Da, 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 because yep. I will go to Morrison's JLA. And they fought, uh, like, Solaris, this anti-sun-type creature or whatever, uh, that, that killed people. And the way they got rid of Kyle Rayner was they, they hit him with self-doubt. So he couldn't use the ring because the ring was so powerful. So they had his own inner demons. Oh, I, I'm not worthy. I can't. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Why am I saying all Oh, you're using self-doubt against me. They took the Hulk persona, and made him the abused child again. That's why he couldn't call up the power, because Hulk was the scared child. Essentially, the confidence that the Hulk had went into Banner, and Banner's fear went into the Hulk. That's why he couldn't call up the Hulk. It was kind of genius, because he was like, I, I can't beat him physically, so I used the power gem to switch their two personas, and boom, got him. One thing, and then we're going to move along, and, 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 and uh, Q, you're welcome to stick around because we're going to talk about Kanye again. But um, with the Hulk, well, first of all, we have to remember that Thanos defeated an entire starship of gods, that the, that the mm-hmm. Asgardian race, that all these other, uh, you know, whether it's Himdall or any of these other people, they're just a few skosh levels below Thor. So for him to take out everybody like that and hold them by the heads and, you know, smack around Loki, all that stuff, you, you got to – listen, that was already kind of a given. that he, For him to be able to do that, and the Hulk would have been in that purview, and he was, but still, still, still in all, we should have seen flashes of World War Hulk that this guy yep. was a problem. Yep. And we didn't see that. They were a little disingenuous. That, that's where they kind of lost me a little. But over and above that, I still love the movie. I still like the way that it looks. It still it still causes a problem for DC. I, I, I want DC to win, but the, the idea that they were able to show you wonderment as a as a as an adult looking at this and remembering the actual stories and how I felt reading the stories and seeing the stories lift off from print onto the screen, it was it was it was something. Looking at Wakanda and all that kind of stuff, it. it it was what I wanted it to be, but it could have been a little bit better. And, but then if that's the case, it would have been a three-and-a-half-hour three movie as opposed to a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Maybe they should have had old-school old school movies, as, as Sergio knows. They had intermissions. 
they have a 30-minute intermission, then you go right back at it. I'm just saying. And they they're trying the to sell tickets, man. They're not going to do it. They're trying to fill the seats with as many people in the day. We know that. We know that. We just, <laughs> we just being self-important now. That's all. We know oh, that. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and if you were on the fence for a Doctor Strange 2 movie, this movie did a better job than Doctor Strange's own movie of You're making right. Doctor Strange a kick-ass character. You're absolutely That's right. True. I agree That's with true. that. That's true about that. He should have been able. He should have been doing that stuff in his own film. Yes, yes, yes. This was better. This, how he battled Thanos was what I expected for him and Domamu. Not, not the Tom Cruise. I'm going to keep on dying and coming back. Bit no. All right, let's move things along because of time constraints. We got about 90 minutes remaining, and I know that it's going to be a fiery Passion, discussion baby. with this with this fool. So I don't even want to go to a music <laughs> break. <laughs> Because it's, it's crazy. Now, uh, full confession time, I actually got a chance to, uh, to appear as a caller on the Karen Hunter show on Sirius XM right before we went on live today. And I haven't been there. I have not been there for a while. And I was not treated the best initially. But then, of course, once I start speaking, then everything straightens out. I'm, I'm putting it out there because uh, that's part of the problem is that we have some issue with people who, who are just kind of intelligent. And this is not me doing a Kanye thing like, I'm a genius, I'm a genius. No. But I do know I have a certain way of speaking. And the captain tells me this, and I, I guess it's the frequency deal. But I'm calling up to really, give, to really drop some jewels, and I get clowned on. Then there's a, then there's a correction. So I'm going to let you hear this exchange between myself and Karen Hunter of SiriusXM. And I give her props for what she's been able to do as far as creating these other individuals. And, and, and she's, she's doing her own thing, but having her own universe. That's serious. But, but the fact that I was clowned, I don't get it. So I'll let you, I'll let you and the listening audience check this out. This is Afro Nerd on Sirius XM, Karen Hunter Show. Hold on. Two, five, five. Five. All, right. All right, Desmond and Queens, welcome to the Karen Show. And thank, did Chance ask his question? Did we get it in? I don't remember. I think All it was right. a statement. Which he was, made a statement? It was yeah. a good statement. It was All a good right. statement. So I'm sorry for making you the movie phone guy. All right. The movie phone doesn't <laughs> even exist anymore, right? Uh, I think we've moved on to fan thing. How do you remember all this stuff? Just because like the little video was, thing. The, the, what was the view? The viewfinder. I had that. That was oh, the bomb. That you had you the viewfinder? That was before there was like the internet or anything. You could get pictures and stuff and see animals. Reality yeah, thing before. Of the 80s. Come on, I could see the giraffes and the elephants and stuff. I was well informed. Uh, let's go to Desmond and Queens. Thank you for holding. You're on with with uh, Dupre Kelly. What up, Des? Yes, yes, Karen. Uh, Phil, this is Desmond, aka Afro Nerd. Long time no hear from. Hey, yeah, babe, how are you? Um, d- didn't miss you. No, d- don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what I gotta say quickly, I-, I think we need a referendum on the whole ha- uh, the whole corporate rap machine beyond Kanye West. I think Kanye West, for us to treat him seriously, is problematic because every couple of years he does this. He has these kind of weird That's outbursts. True. And we're scratching our heads like, what's up with this guy? And my, what I want to ask is, what's up with us when Kanye represents a long list of cats that don't represent the gentleman that I remember from the early 90s that you were actually proud to be a black person 
even when they weren't always so political. Right. This crew now, if it's not Nicki Minaj about Malcolm X, if it's not uh, a little Wayne about not knowing what Black Lives Matter, I mean, yeah, they're doing to me they're doing the work of a Klansman rap group. Mm. What's the difference? Well, Afro nerd, let me apologize because uh, that was a valuable in um, statement. So thank you, Desmond, for that. Appreciate you. Um, he's making a point. Yeah. I mean, even Special Ed was cool. Him and mm-hmm. who's the guy? Was it Kwame? Was it Kwame? Kwame just Kwame? hit me today. Too. Did he? Yeah, you know, you know even the brothers that weren't rapping about nothing but, you know, the mm-hmm. education or, or some. Right. right. We're still re- right. representative <laughs> of, you know, somebody mm-hmm. that you could be proud of or right. not be embarrassed by. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's and they, they knew their ABCs and one, two, threes exactly. and probably knew some black history. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Desmond. All right. Yeah. 866-801-8255. All right. They were they were covered the cloud, you boy. They had to back up. <laughs> they had to back up. Well, hey, I, I will say from my years of calling the fan, every time you use that first time caller, long time listen no, no, no. Don't even don't even go. I said just say I appreciate your work. Okay? And then they could clown on you, but when you come in with correct with the knowledge, they they smarten up real fast. So give Karen credit for that. I'm not giving Karen a piece of defecated feces. I'm not doing that. Because I called up out of respect to drop knowledge, and I got clowned for nothing. And I heard the little jabs behind there where she's trying to go in, I'm trying to give knowledge, then you have to, then you have to eat crow. Most people, when they have to encounter me, eat crow. So I hear you, Daryl, but I'm not really in a forgiving mode. We have minstrels raining on our parade getting full access. Kanye West has the world at a standstill at least the last 24 to 48 hours, and he is saying nothing. When someone comes in on the opposite, when it's venom and there's anti-venom. If, if I, as Afronerd, as anti-venom come in and kick, kick that knowledge, I want to be respected. So she was patently false, and then she had to say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm okay, you know, you really were, uh, yeah, you know, and then I, I got to have, then she got the tap dance shoes. I'm sick and tired of Negroes juggling watermelon, <laughs> tap dancing at my expense. So I have Damn, to keep my, I have my own, I, hold on, I have my own, you don't really want to mess with me when I'm angry. But I had to go to the higher route. I said, okay, I'm going to let everything slide. I was very much aware of what was going on, and I could have dug in. But I said, nope, I'm going to let it go, because I was more, uh, it was more important for me to get out a certain powerful State. The, the, the oracle teach, has taught me well. The oracle told me that I speak with a certain level of power. And I was, I, all, all I wanted to do was just kick my thing and step. But she wanted to clown. So it is what it is. Shout out to Karen Hunter. She is to be appreciated for what she's done over there, but it was not necessary to clown me. All right. It's cool. Now, but, let's go deeper. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Q. Go ahead. I was going to say deeper. So you're the kind of guy, you're the kind of warrior that once your enemy genuflects to you, you're still going to cut off the head. I mean, you, you, you thunder. Isn't that, why are you still mad? <laughs> no, 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 you I'm won. Saying, no, not that. No, what I'm saying is I want the audience to know fully where I'm coming from, who you're dealing with and who you're talking to and who you're listening to. And I want, I, I'm giving you kind of an insider's knowledge of what I'm dealing with when I call some of these shows. It's different frequency. You know, they want to talk about Kanye, but they don't really want to talk about Kanye. They're stuck on Kanye. But I'm saying you got a whole cadre of 
minstrel. Not you want to you want to stay on Kanye. I'm like Kanye is just one of them. Kanye Kanye is I don't know he's one of the Avengers for the minstrels. You got seven <laughs> other minstrels. I mean, come on, man. That's the problem. So did you hear the whole quote? Did you hear the whole interview though? Unfortunately, yes. Because I'm surprised okay. you're talking like this. Because a lot of the part, a lot of the things he said in the interview. Because I was ready to shut him down. Then I listened to the whole interview, and while he's still a fool, I did hear a couple gems in the rough. Like when he was talking about a few. nobody. He he's saying I'm surprised you going in on him. He said, you know, nobody wants to march or talk about Chicago and black violence in Chicago. And now what he screwed up was trying to say slavery was a choice as if he's, I think he was trying to say we're still in mental slavery today, but as usual, his words, he chose the wrong words. You know what he's trying to say, Hugh? You know what he's trying to say? If you're in there for 400 years, why don't you just... Right, he messed up on that. He messed up on that, but I'm surprised D-Bird... That's what he's trying to come with. (laughs) I'm surprised D-Bird didn't appreciate all of, you know, some of the message that... Hey, hey, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. There have been, hey, look, there have been plenty of marches in Chicago about violence. They don't get covered by the media unless they go to North Michigan Avenue, which is like uh, 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 New York's equivalent of Fifth Avenue, and they have to shut down the place. Look, Kanye hasn't lived here in I don't know how long. He doesn't know anything about what's going on in Chicago. Well, look, he has not do, been uh, the same since uh, his mom died. <laughs> I don't talk it. But, but no, hey, that's uh, when he started losing it when he brought his mother over from Chicago to L.A. She got caught up with that quack doctor who died. I still <laughs> believe he blames himself for it. Oh, and man. and then and then he got caught up by those satanic cult called the Kardashians. I, every every brother who's been caught up with them loses their mind. I don't know what it is, you know. But brothers yeah, need yeah. to stay out of that I, trap. I know what it is. You know what I mean. <laughs> I know what it is. Stay out of that trap. <laughs> all right, all right. We get, we get a little crazy. We get, let, after, let's bring in some new juice, 916. AJ knew what it was. Okay, okay hold on. We're going to bring in 916. I know who this, now I know who it is. This is our counselor. Our, we have a resident sitting at have a resident uh, counselor. Uh, so before I, bring in, before I bring in more from the left coast, I want to uh, go to at least a clip so we can unpack for the audience and to to okay. Q, to answer Q. Q, we just got into the subject, so allow me to kind of get into this this thing. I'm just starting it up. Trust me, I will get in as to what Kanye is saying and what he is not saying. Matter of fact, I have to defer to Bison because Bison, when he when he was talking about uh, I guess his right hand woman, Candace Owens, that some of the stuff in the abstract. You can get with Kanye West, some of what he says in his madness, in the abstract, you can kind of flow with, but he misses me on so much, so many other things because he's speaking from an ignorant perspective. He just doesn't have enough firepower and knowledge, and he himself has admitted he doesn't read. So when you don't read (laughs) and you know a little something, you're dangerous, as we can clearly see. So I will I will get into it. Let's play a clip and then we bring in our resident counselor, uh, BS Big Sexy. So this is uh, Kanye from uh, this, I think this is Don Lemon kind of unpacking on on this this gentleman's 
uh, well, he's crazy. I'm not going to mince words. Something is wrong. Hold on. Slavery for 400 years is a choice. What do you, what's your reaction? It's, again, unfortunate. You know, we're all worried about Kanye, but at this point, we're all also angry and offended and hurt. And he's also factually incorrect, right? So slave rebellions, armed slave rebellions, have happened in every slaveholding state in this country. We have resisted slavery for as long as we've been here. His association with slavery um, is so just uninformed. And I think the problem with Kanye today is that he's taken for granted that his lack of information, it can pass for opinion in a public sphere. And particularly for his young black fans and followers, I'm worried for them because I'm not sure that they can make the distinction between um, where he's going and the truth. Well, and that's why we're we're covering so much because in my estimation, this is dangerous. And again, as I've said all along, and you said, on Kanye can say whatever he wants. He can believe whatever he wants. But he, he should understand the power of his platform. He has to be responsible, as Van said today. Yeah. And he has to know his facts. Before. He, thinks, he thinks, Mark, that this is a new conversation right. that he's having. Because he just discovered it. He just discovered some information. And I want him to discover information. I also want him to discover books. Yes. And I want him to read those books and read that information before he offers a public opinion. But in the Kanye West universe, at least right now, whatever he thinks is the most important thing, facts be damned. And that's something that's super dangerous. In many ways, he is like Trump. I mean, I, I think he's wrestling with some stuff. But I'm just going to say, yeah, I, I see why he likes Donald Trump. And that, 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 he, he says why he likes him. Yeah, I mean, he's a rich, successful white man who does whatever he wants under any circumstances. He doesn't need facts. He doesn't need anything else. He doesn't read. And he just says what he doesn't read. And he doesn't read. I mean, I see why he likes Donald Trump. But the thing is that he, he talks about this. He doesn't know his, he, he doesn't even know his history of Donald Trump. Right. Yeah. It's, which is, so he just hasn't read about Donald Trump as well, because then maybe he, maybe he would not be saying these things. But he, he also, let's not extract Kanye from hip-hop and, like, the origins around his generation in hip-hop. You, he was up against half of an MC nation that was naming themselves after white men, right, who were supposed to be self-made, who were supposed to be a la Trump in this very kind of flashy, uh, screw you, I do me kind of ilk. And so there is an attraction to, I think, what he associates with braggadocio and bravery and, 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 and radical free thought. However, you're wearing a MAGA hat as though that's not sheepish. Like, we ain't do that, though. <laughs> we, that's why we still say after police. We Absolutely. still say my president is black. Absolutely. And you so know, did he. And he, so did he. And that's why. And so did he. And that's what I'm worried about. So, Sir Michael, um, Kanye tweeted just a few hours ago. He tried to clarify this, right? So I'm going to put these words up. He said, to make myself clear, of course I know that slaves did not get shackled and put on a boat by free will. My point is for us to have stayed in that position, even though the numbers were on our side, oh, means uh, that we were mentally enslaved the reason why I brought up the 400 years point is because we can't be mentally imprisoned for another 400 years we need free thought now even the statement was an example of free thought it was just an idea so he's backtracking but does that it still does that make sense 
I know it doesn't, Don. I mean, look, I think even a cursory understanding of uh, slavery and the history of slave people or, or enslavement would have better uh, positioned him to make a more accurate and historically factual statement. He did not. Uh, the premise of his, of his statement, or of his tweets, rather, that he is a free thinker is somewhat absurd to me. And, and intellectually speaking, I would advise Kanye to pick up uh, a book written by Immanuel Kant back in the 1700s, uh, The Critique of Pure Reason. Uh, perhaps that would better prepare him with the necessary tools to be able to truly be a free thinker, because what he said is not a free thinker. There's nothing genius about it. It's blatant ignorance, and it's, an, it's embarrassing. All right. Uh, one more clip, and then we'll, we'll dig in and we'll bring in uh, BS. Hold on. This is Kanye uh, being discussed on The View, and I think that um, they're going to maybe play a little bit of the, the discourse in question on TNZ. So, Hold on. Let's get it in. Hold on. I have to imagine that it takes a lot to freak out the people at TMZ Live. <laughs> but Kanye West managed to do that because he said something that caused such an uproar yesterday. Even a TMZ employee had to call him out on it. Said, well, well, wait a minute. Take a look. When you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. <laughs> like... You was there for 400 years and it's all of y'all? While you are making music and being an artist and living the life that you've earned by being a genius, the rest of us in society have to deal with these threats to our lives. We have to deal with the marginalization that has come from the 400 years of slavery that you said for our people was a choice. Oh. Now, Kanye followed up by tweeting, to make myself clear, of course, I know that slaves did not get shackled and put on a boat by free will. My point is for us to have stayed in that position, even though the numbers were on our side, means that we were mentally enslaved. Um, <laughs> Kanye, look, there, are, there were laws that were put in place that said we were less than human. And so when you have laws that say you're less than human, they don't let you in a room. They don't let you in a door. You are meant to live in a different way, like an animal oftentimes. So you have to keep in mind that, you know, as we come around and fix these laws and say, listen, it's not okay for you to tell me I can't vote. I'm going to fight. And white folks got on board and everybody got on board and said, this is not okay. We're all American citizens. We should all be able to vote. So that was a change. You change the laws, you change the mentality, but you can't pretend like people are just saying, I'm going to stay here because this feels, this feels really comfortable for me. Yeah. Yeah. There's no systematic problems in place from those hundreds of years oh, yeah. of slavery yeah. that people are fighting for every day. And I every think day. The irony of him saying that Trump was speaking to the working class or that Kanye could maybe understand an average person of color's yeah. experience in a day is, is not lost on me. But I think the problem is you've got to know history to make sure it doesn't repeat itself. Yeah. And All right, we'll leave it at that. I think you get the gist to our listening audience. Once again, if you haven't guessed it, this is the Midweek in Review edition of Afternoon featuring Captain Kirk and, of course, the uncanny Daryl B., I'm going to bring in my co-discussants. I'm going to bring in B.S. from SAC. B.S., I recognize you this time. <laughs> What's up, my man? Uh, well, I am flattered by the recognition. Um, I'm sitting here at the office, and I was listening to the show, and I, I hate to take a step back, but that exchange with the woman on the Sirius Network, 
You yeah. see, and, I'm, and out of respect, I know you don't like it when I use blue language. I'm not going to do that today. But no, the you way. <laughs> you might want okay, to go ahead. That was some bullshit. Okay, that was bullshit. Thank you. The way she Love comes you. at you, you know, for no reason other than you use words like referendum, words she can't spell. Yeah, I said it. You know, she had this whole yeah girl vibe until you actually spoke to her like an intelligent person. Then she had to take. Then she had to fall back. I'm tired of shit. What's up with the edges? What's up with the edges though? Well, look, uh, Issa Rae, Rae, and we'll get into her as well. Issa Rae says that she she might be available for the Asian man. So I'm pretty sure there'll be some. Cogitative Asian man that will uh, step to Miss Hunter, whereas I will not. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. Agreed. Anyway, okay, so what are your I'll, thoughts I'll about? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, what are your thoughts about this whole issue? We're talking about um, Kanye West and how he's kind of got the the stage right now, and uh, you know, listen, he's talking about slavery. He's he seems to be a, a better tanned version than our, if, it's, if it's possible. He actually has a better tan slightly than our president, slightly. So, <laughs> same person. You know, uh, well, Trump believes that, that Frederick Douglass is still alive. So, I mean, it's the same, the same ignorance about history. Well, at first when Kanye started his uh, little media tour, let's call, call it that, he had said something along the line of, you know, I like Trump. Why am I getting hate for liking Trump? Now, that alone, I'm like, you know what? You can't rip a person for an opinion. You can't have him beat up or anything like that. And then he does not disappoint. He doubles down with that slavery comment. Now, mm-hmm. we all know, all of us know, Kanye's an idiot. So the person who calls him a genius, no, you're not a, he's not a genius. Kanye's an idiot. So the fact that he's getting all of this media play out of saying something stupid, it's kind of like, I'm going to date myself here. There was a singer back in the early 80s. Her name was Pia Zadora, married to somebody oh, very yeah, rich, yeah. had no mm-hmm. talent. But every time she opened her yap, people would go, come flocking. This is the same thing. Now, he's got more talent than her. Yes, he's not a genius, but the guy is a reality show on two legs. We all know this. So no one should give this guy any credence at all. And to my man at TMZ, I got to give it up to him. He handled that the exact way it needed to be handled. He put Kanye in his place with reasoned discourse. That's it. And those are things that Kanye and that woman on the uh, Sirius Network, they're not used to that. So when you speak to someone in your own particular idiom at your level, and the people can't elevate themselves, that's on them. That's not on you. So, again, Kanye's an idiot. He's a waste of time as far as I'm concerned. Can I say something here? It just kind of amuses me when, and this is just a personal thing, when somebody says, you know, I'm dating myself back in the 80s. Really? To me, the 80s was just like last week. Now, I would say dating myself back in 1967 I remember. <laughs> now we're talking about dating yourself. The 80s, come on, man. 80s were three weeks ago. 
Well, listen, you have to understand something. Yeah, exactly. 80s, we almost going into 40, we almost got about 40 year old people born in 80. A person born in 80 is 38 years old. I wish I was 40 again. I was 40, 40 years ago. This is the world we're living in. So uh, I've got to say this quickly. And I really, I really started to realize this earlier this afternoon. I happened to listen to Curtis Sliwa. For those who are not local to the uh, New York, you know, tri-state area, but people might know Curtis Sliwa with the Red Beret, uh, the Guardian Angels, especially during the late '70s, early '80s. He's been able to garner a media career. So Curtis Sliwa has his own, his his own um, radio show. I think it's, I think it's a Fox affiliate. Anyway, I think WABC. I forgot. I forgot the exact call letters. Anyway, um, his co-host, who I know, definitely worked at Fox at some point. When they were talking about this Kanye thing, she had said very nonchalantly, very matter-of-factly, "Oh well, wow, this is this is very poor. This is a very poor uh, representation for the black community." Or she said something like, uh, "This is not good that he represents the black community." And I'm listening to this. I said, wow, this is how this works, doesn't it? Where Kanye is essentially a a village idiot that someone has put a mic to. And all of a sudden, it's just a matter of fact, he is a representation of the black community. So anybody can come up to the mic and speak for the black folks. Now, for other communities, I know full and well, Kid Rock is not a representative of white people or the white community. But our equivalent of Kid Rock is most certainly Kanye West, and it's just automatically assumed he's a black spokesperson. It's just there's no there's no pushback on that. That's so part deep, of the problem. Deep, oh, Deeper, when when your people, our people, are viewed as only entertainment fodder, and we kind of buy into that, and we give Kanye and his like all these record sales and album sales. They they are deemed our spokespeople. You you understand that? It's, it's unfortunate, but well, you know, I, no I, no one no I, one's I, gonna go interview Maxine Waters. No one's gonna go interview um uh, uh what's his Cory Booker because they don't see that Donald Trump said it put it best. Who who did he call when he wanted to talk to black people? Steve Harvey, Kanye West. Uh, who was the other caddy? Uh, well, he did call Ben Carson, but Ben Carson was a joke all around. Mm-hmm. So if we're viewed through that prism, it makes sense that, uh, well, look, that these people are getting the mic. This is this is the issue. Some of the folks that you mentioned are actually being interviewed, uh, whether they're on NP- whether they're on NPR or not, or CNN or C-SPAN. That's that's beside the point. We have people that are speaking and they, that can't speak. Hell, matter of fact, on the Breakfast Club. You had Kamala Harris on there, and I even said uh, last week that, sure, she's on there. Uh, she is a, a, a up-and-coming leader, a senator, and uh, but she's on a platform like The Breakfast Club, and then they have Nog, mu- Nog Music as background filter when this esteemed person is on the mic. So even when we do have certain people that can actually speak and a far better representation – you know, we buy into this. My my thing that my thinking too really is, at some point, and maybe Kanye, just like just like Trump, maybe we have gotten to that to the lowest common denominator where we're going to have to raise our fists and make demands and say we're not going to let you 
control us. This is a form of control. You're, 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 you're almost buying into, well, they're giving him the mic. They, who are the they? They makes the decision, not us, but some other entity or entities or corporate entities are, are, are just assuming that Kanye is just a spokesperson. I've seen people like, uh, and I said this, pe- people like whether it's Daz Dillinger from the Dog Pound, Daz Dillinger, you know, full of endo. We see him sneak up, uh, uh, smoking a blunt. We see Snoop Dogg smoking a blunt on IG. They make a comment. All of a sudden, the news runs to these people, and what they say counts because they make it so. Well, I mean, it's well, absurd. Saying, no, we're no, we're no, validating no, these people. Not, That's why they're running to them. We're okay. validating these people. Well, I, I will I will shoot in with the one person I will oh, validate Lord. is Bree Newsom. And this is what she had to tweet about this, one of the breaking news stories I got right here. Just a reminder that figures like Kanye and Diamond and Silk are given the spotlight in this way, not to win over the mass majority of black people who are offended by it, but to help mostly white Trump supporters claim that racism isn't an issue. And folks who don't know who Bree Newsom is... She's let, the let young lady that climbed up the pole to remove that Confederate flag, uh, I want to say, 18 months ago. All right? Look, look, the last time we spoke about this, I said, here it is. This is the problem with giving guys like Kanye too much agency. All right? This is exactly the problem why. Because there are people that won't do the research and look into the subject, they'll take his word as yay or nay and leave it at that and won't look into it for themselves. The other thing I find funny funny about this is there was a little movie called um, Black Panther. Yeah, and um, this dude everybody was loving, you know, Killmonger made a statement about, oh, throw me off the ship. Let me let me die with my ancestors. Let me be buried out there. I'd rather be out there than here. Okay? So how are you loving what he stayed there? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then giving Kanye in these idiotic comments and the agency. How can you do both? You can't. See, but that goes into what I've been mentioning before. These guys don't want to do the research. These guys don't want to do the studying and the planning. They just want to have the emotional reaction, and, and bap, there it goes. Now, yeah, I find it funny that you created a hashtag if Flavy was a choice and all that, and I give it credit that some of it was funny and stuff, but you know what that does? That keeps this story alive. That keeps Kanye's name in the news, which means he gets to sell more of his, his, his album because for all you guys that are offended, you're still going to go out and buy that damn album and give this man money. Let's keep it 100 and the other breaking news I just found out, I don't know if you guys know, rest in peace, Mar- Roger Moore. That just came across my feed. I didn't know. Thank you, Mr. Oh, Bond. He died, a, he died a while ago. Roger Moore died a while ago. I know. But okay, this, this, I, this, I'm being ironic here because it, uh, it goes to prove my point that some people will take a uh, story at face value and run it like it just happened. You're catching See, the Roger point? Roger Moore died about oh, I four, got six months ago. Jesus. That, yeah, that, that, but I, I, I'm 
running the point right here, which bolsters it. Someone, it just popped into my feed four hours ago, Roger Moore dead, and I'm like, wow, this is perfect. I'm going to run it right after I make this statement. And sure enough, that happened, and that goes to prove, oh, shoot, Roger Moore is dead. Oh, my God, I got to post it out. Did you do any research? Captain. All right. Number one, you got an album coming out. That's the first thing. Second thing is that Afro Nerd seems to be a change in his attack. He's about ready to talk about things being done top down. Go ahead, Afro Nerd. Yeah, what I wanted to say is we cannot continue to have this whole notion that black people are like this, we're peculiar creatures that have to operate like so distinct from everybody else. I mean, even, even other. Black people are conducting themselves in a different way where they're not going to allow certain situations to fly. Uh, I, when I spoke to the Oracle earlier, right, my father, the, the Oracle said that uh, he, he had a conversation with some, some, some other black men. And, you know, listen, he's, we, have, we are of the same mind, so he goes into some of his rants like I would go into a rant. And he went into a, a, kind, of a kind of a respectability politics rant. And uh, the, these these gentlemen, who I suspect might be older, older, mature black gentlemen, they responded to him about because uh, I think my father had said something to the effect of um, the the dressing of some of our young people. Again, let me repeat this. I want to be clear: the dressing of some of our young people can look threatening. That it's, it's the whole dirty hands argument that I talk about that some black folks get into a, a, a tither about. That, you know, this whole notion of, well, people just have to see how you operate, and they'll see through you, but, you know, we're supposed to ignore you, you, that you got this hood on at 90 degree, 90 degree heat going into a store. We're supposed to, your pants are sagging, and, you know, all this nonsense, we're supposed to ignore that. So we can't admit that, you know, some of us do look a little threatening where even black, po- black folks might lock their doors. They, they, black people, not just the, not just the white white woman, but the black woman might might grab her purse in an elevator. Let's keep it 100. Okay, so the response to my father was, well, these people just want to be comfortable. They, they just want to they just want to be comfortable. And I thought to this, I thought to to the oracle, I, and I said to this, we were having a conversation. I said, you know what this really boils down to, metaphysically, black folks have gotten so comfortable that a lot of ish is going by. You're too comfortable. It's the, it's the discomfort that makes black people actually want to move and get things done. Dr. King, Malcolm X, Medgar Evers, uh, uh, Harriet Tubman, Phyllis Wheatley, any of these iconic black people, uh, they, they moved because they were, they were not comfortable. Blackie in the new, millennial, new millennium is comfortable now. His, his pants are sagging. He wants to be comfortable while they're bringing out the bully, the, 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 bull, the, uh, the whips on you now. The Billy Bill Trump, not the dare, and not the daredevil kind. Okay, so uh, I, I think we, that's what's going on. We're so comfortable now that we're just letting things slide. We're letting Kanye West and Lil Wayne and all these people have the spotlight. They're essentially black spokespeople. Now, if you go back to what uh, the old days, like, like, uh, like Sergio was kind of jokingly referencing, if you do go, if you did go back to '67, 
look, you had a lot of strong black voices publicly that would not allow effort. You had James Baldwin would talk that hot fire. Okay? You had um, Adam Clayton Powell Jr. would spit that hot fire. Stokely Carmichael would spit that hot fire. I mean, I, I can go on and on about people. Where are those people? Now, all of a sudden, we are, we're back to the womb. We're fetuses now. I don't buy it. We've gotten comfortable to just say, uh, it's just Kanye. Uh, it, 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 it's just so-and-so. It's just Nicki Minaj or asshole hanging out. And all, it's, all, it's all good. Let that, we're letting things fly because respectability politics, and this is, where they, this is where people lose the argument with me. Malcolm X and Dr. King both practice respectability politics while being confrontational and hitting hot fire. But you want to be comfortable, whereas respectability politics made sure, respectability politics was, was the filter that made sure that the, the representation was tight, whether they were on the left, right, in the middle. You looked and spoke in such a way that people had to take you seriously. Now, when Kanye talks about, I got the answers, every two years he does this manic shtick. And we take a nut seriously. I'm not buying it. Now it's wearing thin. Black folks are going to, they're not going to be able to get away from this now. Now you have a, you have a public figure telling the world, slavery, get over it. Nah, man. We got to put fire to his black ass, and I want the rest of these other minstrels rooted out. Now. That's it. Issa Rae is next. Issa Rae is next. <laughs> they don't want me on serious. They don't want me. Because there's going to be a lot of people hurt and crying with tissues. Tito, I need a tissue. Come on. Knock it off. Let's go to uh, Cap. You want to go to a musical break or you want to go straight to Issa Rae's behind? <laughs> no, you, you on fire. Go right to Easter Ray's behind. You on fire. Don't break it. We was going to talk with about no, something else. With no, cocoa, this is right with the same no cocoa butter. No cocoa butter. No cocoa butter. I'm sorry, Q. I'm a man. I'm going to speak that way. No cocoa butter for her. At least not till 12 a.m. Anyway, listen. <laughs> Easter Ray. <laughs> Easter Ray comes out with this book. It's a three-year-old book. The Nogs just started to read it, just started to want to read it. Because Nogs don't read. So, The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. Now, initially, initially, I was actually paying attention to Issa Rae. And I was, I was a staunch supporter up until recently. I started seeing the Nog piercing through. When she first got on the YouTube train, she was garnering attention. She was the awkward black girl. I thought, oh wait a minute, this is like a blur- this is a blurred girl. Of course, of course, I'm going to support that. I, I thought she was quite funny. Some of her interactions, she kind of represented the Daryl Bees, the, the the uncanny Daryl Bees, the the, the uh, Afro nerds, and all that. Okay. Then I hear that she was hooked in, hooked in with Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes was looking out for looking out for this young woman. And they were working on a deal with, with HBO, and then she spoke about how the HBO 
brass was kind of doing their own their own shuck and jive. Oh well, you know, can she be more ambiguous looking? Can she be lighter skinned? You know, it's awkward black it's awkward black girl, but can she not be so black? That's the type of issue she was walking into. So I said, okay, they're giving her a problem. Now all of a sudden, when we get to when we get to her her latest show, and I saw the show once, the first or first or second episode, Insecure, as appropriately named, appropriately titled. I saw it, and I said, this show is a little bit on the nog tip, and I didn't feel comfortable <laughs> with it. I saw her uh, rapping. I saw her doing some cooning. I said, mm, "This is an exa- this is an awkward black girl. This is a this is a thinly veiled Real Housewives of Atlanta. This is uh, Maury. I am not the father. You know, this is things going on. I didn't feel, co- but everybody else is applauding it. And I said, no, something ain't right. Now, because she's popular." And she says slick stuff, I'm rooting for the black people. I'm rooting for the black people. Mm, I don't know about that. I, I could ride with you a little bit on being a little being pro-black, but you're doing it in a way where, it, where people can fire back at you and critique you. You've got to be careful when you run that way. So we hear about this awkward black girl uh, book that she wrote three years ago, and it was recently re-released. People are reading it. The, it, the book... Posits, I maybe she's being humorous. I don't know. It's, it's like a dry humor. It's a, it's a Kanye style kind of thing. She's speaking reckless, millennial nonsense. She's saying, well, you know, maybe we need to maybe black women because black women are perceived in a certain way. Uh, maybe the, she says this now. This is what she says: black women are not perceived as a collective as not being desirable, and Asian men are perceived in a similar way. So Asian men who are winning scholastically and economically, maybe Asian men and black women should hook up. Then she also throws shade, further shade, by saying, well, we don't want, but we have to exclude uh, Filipinos because they're the blacks of Asia. Now, black women just got into the young man's Hind parts who was killed uh, in, in his back, grandmother's backyard. Uh, it was Stevante Clark. Is that the, the, the man, gentleman's name? Or St- Stephen Clark, Stephon Clark? They just put a Bunsen burner into his rectum a few weeks ago because he <laughs> they went and turned it up on high because because. He, they went back into his past about three years ago, and he said some slick stuff not that dissimilar from their girl. It's still self-hatred. But you don't want to support a man that died unjustly, uh, allegedly, but you do want to support a woman that's on the rise for the same self-hatred. What am I missing? Still a minstrel. Still a minstrel. <laughs> I, I, Let's go around the horn. Let's go around the horn. What say you, Daryl? You're ready to just jump out like Barry Allen. Get at it. Yeah, yeah. I, I will. I will say it like this. Okay. This, this is where I differ from a lot of people I support. 
I often say that that hey, black women, you're free to love who you love. You're free to like whoever you like. But then when you see see a brother do the same, you're the first ones to jump on the brother for oh, he's liking them white women again. Oh, black isn't good enough for you. Oh, but then I'll turn it around and take a look and hear black women fawning over, oh, look at Tom Hiddleston. Oh, look at Louis Tan. Oh, B.D. Wong. Oh, and I, I sit back and I just take a mental note of that and go like, okay, so this dude has black women all over his page. And he makes a comment about liking this one white woman, and you guys jumped all over him. Meanwhile, I turn to your page, and I see all of these Latinos, Asians, white men, and I see one black guy, but it's okay for you to like all those guys, and you hate him on the brother because he said he liked this one white chick. Okay. That's why I have a problem with this. That's where where it all uh, where it all falls apart for me. Okay, to me, all human beings are beautiful, right? Do you have a predilection to one or the other? Everybody does. We may not say it publicly, but everybody does. But the problem is, Miss Ray, when you say something like this publicly, you just put the target on yourself. There's a target on you. All right. So when a bro- when you pro- you see a fine black brother out there and you want to kick game to him or whatever, and he goes, "Well, I heard you like the Asians," and 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 you get mad. Well, you can't get mad because you just put it in print. You put it out there. You said it, a joke or not. You said that. You put that public. Now. Now me saying this, I put that out there. I've, I'm I'm a guy to uh, that that says if you say it in public, you you live and die with those words. Well, she's about to find that one out because you know <laughs> there are people out there like Afro-Nerd have that have been waiting for something like this to just go, I gotcha, you know. We'll see how she handles this. I want to see. I want to see a how black men handle this because anytime a sister goes for another guy, you know the the insecure black men, hey, wink wink nudge nudge, freaking step up and they're like, oh you see, oh oh you're self hating black women on you know. Uh, that's the first one you get it on, but the second group you'll hear from is. Just everybody go like, but you said this, but on your show you do this, and in this interview you did this, and you did this over here, and this you did over here, and I want to see how Issa Rae handles this. Because obviously it's someone who didn't know her humor that read the book for the first time, but my thing is if you don't know her humor, why would you read the book? But anyway, I digress. And what I just said a segment ago, you bring it back into there, and now it's a part of the cycle again. It's a part of this news and multimedia cycle. So you can't hide from it. Let's see if she owns up to it. Let's see if she faces it. Back to you, Afrener. Allegedly, theoretically, potentially, black people have a lot of issues. Allegedly. Allegedly? Potentially. (laughs) Maybe. Okay? They have a lot of issues. Now, in this country, you're pushing multiculturalism. So, allegedly, theoretically, potentially, 
you should be able to date whoever you want. The thing is, you go ahead and date. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to down your own. Now, this is something Afrin had also talked about behind the scenes. So let's use chaos theory, self-similarity between her, something Afrin had talked about, between her, all right, and Serena Williams. What did Serena Williams say? She did it in a joking manner. She was dissing black people, but, you know, okay, I went ahead and I did what I did. I got married to this individual, had a baby, yada, yada. Then she started coming out dissing black men and things of that nature. You don't got to do that. You don't got to do that. You know, let me explain something, go a little further with it. I remember an Afrona knows this person. I don't know if Daryl B. knows it. Years ago, we used to throw some barbecues at a friend of the show's house. His name is Ian. He's a police officer. And when the black women started to come to these barbecues, we used to throw them like once every two weeks. The black women said, where do you get all these guys? It's like 5'10 to 6'5 that's muscular with jobs. And you know what I would say to them? I said, they're here. These are not the guys you want. And these are not necessarily the guys that necessarily are stepping up and sweating you, you know, especially with your butt and gut. <laughs> they like the butt, but they like the gut. I said, they're here. A lot of those guys in there were single, and they were totally amazed by it. They didn't even know in their head that you had working class black men from 5'10 to 6'5, college educated. Some of them, I would say half of them, were like pushing at that time six figure jobs. And we going back some years ago. Going back some years. Who knows what some of them are doing now? It was just interesting to see because they were in that environment. You know, so again, as I say, allegedly, theoretically, potentially, you know, black people, you may have some issues. Back over to you, Afro-Nerd. Yeah, let, let me say um, this. You, you kind of went there. Oh, hold on, uh, Serge. You kind of uh, went there a little bit um, when you mentioned Serena Williams, because Serena, Serena Williams is going to have to get on the, on the uh, Bunsen burner also. Uh, well, she, 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 I think she came out recently with some kind of explanation for why she married a white man. And I'm like, that's up there that's up there with with uh Easter Ray with all this weird categorization of races and how these races are supposed to act. I mean, listen, I hope I really do. I hope this was some kind of uh some kind of joke or some some kind of stab at humor and maybe she was just trying to be, you know, dryly sarcastic. I don't know. But this is the deal, though. Um, and I say this on a personal level. I really, and it's going it's to sound corny as hell, but this is how I operate. I really like people, people that uh, I, I can connect with that, that share my interests. Um, as you get older, that's what really is what's going on. When it really gets into it, I mean, people, uh, the captain and myself, and all kinds of people that we know, that we interact with, and we kick back and, cr- and crack jokes and drink and drink beers and really have a good effing time. And I have to actually think about, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so and so is from from Guatemala. So and so is from uh, is Parisian. Oh, so and so is Japanese. I have to actually think about it because I only know these people when I get to know these people on a personal level. I'm not like. Looking like, oh, she's Japanese, she's Japanese, she's Japanese, she's Japanese. Oh, yeah, she's Japanese, she's Japanese. I mean, it's like some kind of weird, I wish I could curse. I can't do it. 
it's a weird, some weird stuff going on. Why isn't Serena referring to her husband as Alexis? That's Alexis over there. Oh, Alexis is going to the car. Alexis is getting is getting is getting going to McDonald's. She still looks at this man as the white man, and you married him. You know how many times I've dealt women of dealt uh, I've I've uh, dated women from different ethnicities. I'm not, at some point, oh yeah, that's that's Jackie. Jackie's coming around. I now Jackie might be might be of Latin origin. I gotta think about Jackie being like. That's just me. But these women, and it's really a bigger argument about the black community and, and, and also this, this, this cultural situation going on, our self-esteem is shot. If you really think of yourself as, a, an, as an arrived person, if you're comfortable with your own damn skin, you should not be so caught up in the next man or woman being who they are. But you have black women on a public scale, putting out oaths to other people, and even taking a dump on Filipinos in the case of, of, of Issa Rae saying, oh, well, the Filipinos are black too, so we can't have that. And she's, she's half African. So to be to tell me you are bypassing all that cogitation and success from even West, your own West African people? That self hatred is a textbook case well, hold of self hatred. If I ever, if I ever saw one. Now wait a minute. Hold on. Now, of of in, in terms of disclosure, I kind of sort of know Issa Rae. She was v- very much involved with us at the beginning with Shadow and Act. I had several discussions with her. We once had a conversation about Tintin. How much I loved him as a kid. The comics. And she did too, and so she does the web series. And um, well, first of all, let me say this: the book and her are two different things. This is what I mean. Let me continue. She does the web series, and for one thing, she was the outsider. You know, I remember black people criticizing awkward black girl, saying she wasn't black enough. I don't know this. I don't know what's going on. Okay, then Hollywood discovers her, and then she does this show. Then she gets caught up with Larry Whitmore, which is not the greatest thing. The same guy who called President Obama my nigga at the, at the uh, White House you know, di- uh, correspondence dinner a couple years ago. Already he's on my, you know, shit list. You, you can't curse, I can. All right. So then um, she winds up doing the show for HBO, which I could, couldn't make it through the first season. And I think it dawned on me what happened is that she has now been accepted by Hollywood. I mean, she's a glamour puss now. I, I remember back in the old days, you know, without the makeup, and now she is, like, glamorous every time you see her with the makeup and the clothes and the hair and the body on point all the time. And now I'm sure she's hanging out with... <laughs> she's hanging out with... I'm sure she's hanging out with um, Ava DuVernay and Oprah and... and uh, 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 what's that chick's name? You just played at the beginning of the show. Uh, Janet Monet. You know, and now she's no, developing right. other shows about for HBO about a bisexual man. Let me let me rephrase that: pansexual, in terms of the new terminology. And I go, like, what happened to her? She's been accepted now by Hollywood, you know. And now she is trying to fit what is expected of her as with the shows. As for the book, 
I, I think clearly she was she was being sarcastic. She's being satirical. The problem is black people don't understand satirical. They don't understand satire. They don't. I don't know how many times. <laughs> here we go again. I don't know how many. <laughs> I don't know how many times. I, I give for an example. It was a few weeks ago. It was announced that uh, Trump is considering giving a pardon to Jack Johnson, you know, the legendary boxer. And I said to a woman, I said, What more well, do you want from me? Exactly. And I told this woman, well, I guess Trump has the black vote locked up. And she was, what do you think? The, Trump has the black vote locked up. Well, that's crazy. I don't think the black vote. And I had to tell her that was a joke. Really? It was, I was being sarcastic. It was a joke. It goes over people's heads, black people's heads. I want to so, jump in here. Yeah? I want to say um, real quick, I, I, I'm going to be the voice of dissent. I mean, I don't know the story, what you're talking about. I, I caught glimpses of it about her dissing black men. But, Sergio, you said it recently in a show maybe two weeks ago when we were talking about the young man who got shot in, in, the, in the yard. Uh-huh. And his views on black women. Uh-huh. I really, I really can, I kind of understand her position and black women's position because we as black men, we haven't really been giving our black women a good look. You know? Who, wait, wait a minute. We haven't? I'm talking in the aggregate. Let's not be literal here. No, no, that's what I'm still saying. In the aggregate, we haven't? I don't think so, no. You don't think that women are making those choices for themselves? I'm Who saying... Who black women to call up here? Do we have any black women listening can call up right we now? Well, Sergeant, let me get my thought out, man. I'm saying we... And you said it yourself when we were talking about Stephon Clark. You were saying that when when it was discovered that he was... Dis, uh, when black women were kind of uh, throwing him uh, under the bus... You yeah. gave uh, this whole thing about why, because black women are sick and tired of being mistreated by black men. Exactly. You said that. Yeah. So that's I what I'm saying. That. I, using that same logic, I can kind of understand why she would say those things, whether satirical or not, in her book. Hold on for a Hold on for a second. Okay. Let me respond. As I said, there's a huge difference here. Clearly... She does, okay, I can't speak for her. Okay, let me take that back. But to my mind, clearly she's being satirical. Clearly she's making fun of there are many websites and there are writers who uh, have these whole websites about how black women should just abandon black men and go find white men or other men to date because black men uh, are just not cut out anymore. And clearly... To me, she's making fun of that. Now, there was this one woman who wrote an article. I cannot remember her name, but she's one of these big, swirling advocates who didn't understand the joke. This is what I'm talking about, not understanding satire or, satiric, or you know, being sarcastic, who took her at her word. I don't take her at her word. I think clearly she's – particularly when she gets into what she says about Filipinos. And I go, like, oh, okay, this is a joke. Okay, maybe it, fell, maybe if, uh, it landed with a thud. But clearly, it's a joke. Well, I think behind most satire that's effective and most jokes that are effective, there's a modicum of truth. I firmly believe that. 
Well, a couple of things. First, with the Filipino pejorative, I've heard that before. And, and also, uh, we have to be fully aware that even in Asian culture, there's a caste system. We can talk about what's happening in India and the Brahmins, and they're, they're most noted for their, for their literal caste system. But even within uh, Pacific Asian culture, when you're dealing with, you know, you're not going to see, or not going to see, but there, there will be issues with a Japanese person dating a Korean person. I mean, there, there is a caste and a color differentiation issue. Listen, among minority folk, colorism is that issue. Uh, and there's, there's this whole thing about worshiping whiteness, worshiping the other. So I, I get some of that. I see it. It's a problem globally. But with, with what makes to me what uh, Issa Rae is doing or has done, even though it's, we're going back three years into the past, that, that I don't like, where people like going, sifting through people's records to get you. Okay? But if you're going to go into a kind of humor thing, Sergio, you've got to telegraph that stuff. I didn't read the book in its entirety. Maybe you make it, you're making a point that if we haven't read the book in its entirety, then we could kind of see that, oh, this, this book in the entirety is a satirical book. But the way it's being presented in the public right now is it taking these, these insular passages, passages and they're running with it. And when you take, the, take what she's saying at face value, it's not a good look. And unfortunately, I agree, and I will concede to what Q-Storm is saying, the only caveat I have with that is that, yes, there are some black men or many black men that are not coming up to the plate. However, there's also, you know, you can also kind of clap back on that, to use the street term, is that what are black women looking for? What are they, what are they bypassing? Are they looking for um, uh, a financial access versus moral structure? Because many people may think that someone's moral standing, maybe not being a criminal, maybe just being someone who has, has a high degree of, of morality, has more weight than someone's uh, uh, checkbook. What are we valuing? What are these women valuing? I don't know. But I think that in the case of Issa Rae, what, what, what I think, and I wish I could curse, I, this is a word that I came up with when I spoke to um, Iron Man earlier today about this whole situation, and someone just went into this. Issa Rae is, making, is also uh, producing an HBO show about, about bisexual black men, or a bisexual yes, black right. man. So you can't, you can't have this kind of shade towards the, unavail, the unavailable black man. And then double down. I call, I, the word I came up with was circular effery, but it's the real word. It's circular effery in the case of Issa Rae. Issa Rae has this, this kind of shade towards black men not really being intelligent enough. It's not just being successful. You're not intelligent enough. The, intellig- the intelligence quotient is, to, is something they should be looking at when it comes down to the Asian man, as if all Asian men are that way. I mean, it's very disrespectful all the way around. Again. I have no qualms with interracial dating, but I, I'm like, where in this game is the, is the Asian man not just Jim or John or Randall? Is you're looking at his race, his culture versus, don't you got to get to know the guy first? And when does he stop being the Asian man that's in the bed next to you? In, in the case of the Armenian gentleman that, uh, that Serena Williams married, she's still looking at him and having, writing, writing, uh, 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 writing op-ed on why I married a white guy 
isn't this man Alexis by now? Is he still Alexis, quote, the white man? It's absurd. But for Issa Rae, Issa Rae is doing circular effery when she bypasses uh, and puts out shade about black male intelligence and then says, produces a show about black male bisexuality, which, may, which, which goes into making black men completely unavailable, partially of her doing. Don't do a black, don't do, don't talk, don't throw shade about black men, about their intelligence, and then double down about black men being gay, and then say black men aren't available. You're contributing to some of this, aren't you, Ms. Ray? That's circular effery. That's Kanye effery. That's what I'm saying. Agree, disagree? I want to hear. What do you think? What do you think? Am I wrong? Well, I think you might be conflating gay black men and heterosexual black men. I, I don't think you can say that she's dissing. She's saying black men aren't available, and that she's doubling back with doing a show about gay black men. It's, it's a heterosexual black man. That I, I'm assuming she's, whether satirical or not, she's making a commentary about not gay black men. Come on, Q. Come on, Q. Don't do this. I just made it very clear. The logic, the math works. She, you cannot have a woman come out there and talk about the, the cogitative ability of Asian men as if that's all that's going on there. It's a very racist, uh, stereotypical kind of thing she's going with. But let's say that's, that's the way she's, put, she's putting it out there. She's putting out that black men should—I mean, white, black women should check for Asian men because they, they got this, that, and the other, which means that black men have a deficit in those things. And then on top of that, you produce a—you produce a, a, a TV show that is directly uh, making more about black men not being available to black women if they're bisexual and/or gay. You can't have it both ways. It's like, to me, you're doubling down. You can't be a contributor to why black men aren't, aren't available. You're not helping any. Let's put it that way. She's certainly not helping the cause if she's thinking that black men aren't coming up to the plate. She's half the, she's half the problem. Well, then that's good, baby. That goes back to my point. Then if you take her stuff seriously, that she really meant what she said, then, as I explained before, she went Hollywood and she just really lost her way because yeah. she wasn't like that when I knew her. or And I shouldn't say she wasn't a friend or anything, but when we were in touch with each other and had contact each other from time to time, she wasn't like that. She didn't ex- express any opinions like that. Now, I suppose if you're hanging around with Oprah and... Um, and uh, you know, <laughs> even to Renee and uh, and uh, what's the, I keep forgetting that chick's name, uh, Janelle Monet. Maybe wow. that's that sort of attitude <laughs> begins to permeate into you, and you begin to think too that, yeah, you know, maybe black men ain't all that. There I go. Yeah, well, it's looking like that, isn't it, Q? I mean, let's keep it one hundred. I mean, it's looking like you know, uh, when you're on the, when you're in the trenches is one way, and when you arrive, all of a sudden. You you get uh, you you have a stream of consciousness like like Kanye. This this is we got to be honest that many of these folks that are creatives, they're not the creatives that state on message that that many of us admire. You know when you think of Harry Belafonte, dear Harry Belafonte, who's 90 years old, who who literally 
bankrolled the civil rights movement. When you think of people like um, like Ozzie Davis that, that, that delivered the the, uh, uh, the eulogy for Malcolm X or Ruby D or Brock Peters or uh, or I mean I can just go on and on with these great people because I listen I'm Mr. Respectability Politics. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride because these people, these people were clean. They look good. They, they, they knew how to brush their goddamn teeth. They look like new money. Now we got a whole bunch of just minstrels spewing stream of consciousness. And I'm well, hold on, you know, I'm, well, I'm, you you I'm not buying. Hebert, you mentioned it. I'm not buying. You mentioned it earlier that black pe- people today have gotten comfortable. As I've yeah. said before, and, and I said this. And I've said this several times before. Back in the day, in 1967, back in the day, when black people were on on the public eye, they knew it was unfair, but they knew that they were a representation of the entire race. That was unfair. That burden wasn't on white people, but black people took that upon themselves. So, therefore, that's why you have the Harry Belafontes. And you know Avi Davis and Ruby D and Leontine Price and Grace Bumpery and the conductor Dean Dixon and Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and James Baldwin and you can just go on and on and on and on and on because the idea was that okay I'm just speaking for myself I know unfairly people are going to be looked at white people be looking at me as speaking for everybody else that's gone that's why you can have now someone like a Cardi B. Or a, uh, a Tiffany Haddish. You guys you know, are answering your own question. <laughs> You're explaining it. You, you, do you hear yourselves? Okay, listen. Bieber, yeah. how can you say you, you spent the first half of the show, and I didn't disagree with you, talking about nogs, how they don't read today. We're talking modern day. They don't read. They're ignorant. They don't, they don't have any intellectual con- cogitation. They, they walk around with their pants sagging down. And so then you're wondering why she might have an issue with black men. I mean, you didn't you, Sergio? You just laid out the case. Back in the '60s, men we comported ourselves differently. So what 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 am I missing? What am I missing that you don't understand? You guys don't understand. What what, what I'm missing is you can't give them an out or an excuse by putting fuel to the flames. Because what she's doing is. Instead of just, if anything, I don't have anything against people dating interracially. I don't, I don't even like it's the term interracially. It's not about that. I got you. It's not oh, about well, that. Well, well, hold on. Let me finish my point. Let me make the point. My point is she's not being sophisticated about it. When you, make, when you have an op-ed about why you dated a white man, why do you like it? You, you're, you're dating Alexis. This is your personal business. Hell, the Afrener could be, could, could be with some, some woman of, of a different ethnicity. I'm not going to give you no explanation for that. You're going, to see, you're going to see my bottle of cocoa butter, and you're going to see some nice-looking feet, and you're going to say, they're there. They're. No explanation necessary. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to do that. Why do these women have to explain themselves? It means you have an issue. You're not comfortable about yourself. Who does this? I don't think you can. Explains, who explains why they're dating who they're dating? It's ridiculous. And well, books, no you, less. And you're showing the think, world. You're showing the world that, hey, guess what? You're insecure. <laughs> Behind the scenes and in front of the cat. She named it for. I'm called the Afro nerd for a reason. When you see me, wow, the guy really is kind of nerdy, isn't he? She's, wow. she's insecure. Wow, she's kind of insecure, isn't she? Insecure people say ish like that. I'm not insecure. I don't talk like that. Well, I, I would suggest that maybe she's saying these things 
because she wants to share her experience with other women who she feels had a, may have had a similar experience as she did. That's why people would say these things. That's why they were right why I married this. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I, I can at least understand where she might be coming from. Look, there there are black men that can rise to the occasion. We don't know what we don't know if she is. We don't even know if she is, uh, you know, the, the woman, the the quality of woman that a black man's gonna look at look in that direction. Like Cardi B is from is a stripper from the project. What she's gonna look for a doctor, a black doctor, or or, or, or a scholar. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson wants to wants to date Cardi B. I don't know. At least not not uh past uh not past eight a.m. I mean, let's keep it 100. <laughs> That's the truth. I mean, you, you, I said this before, Q. You've got a set of people. Not this is this is even across gender. You have a set of people who absolutely refuse to abide by respectability politics. We saw. We, I mean, it's, it's becoming so clear to me now that no one wants to have a standard, and yet they want to have access to people who actually work hard enough to obtain some of these things. You can't get you can't get into Buckingham Palace with uh with 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 flip flops on and a doobie in your in your, in your pocket. It's not going to happen. I, right. And I, so, okay. But black folks want to black folks want to skip skip ahead of the line. They they want to have like you know the, Tiffany Haddish wants to date that Brad Pitt. I mean, I mean you know it's just, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, what am I saying that's so – I don't get it. I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, Issa Rae is suggesting she doesn't want to uh, deal with the noggery of the male equivalent of those people you mentioned like Cardi B. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if you're saying that you don't think Issa Rae can handle a well-heeled person, but that's that's the point I think she was making in her satirical statement. That's why she's saying, I'm dating a white man or a Filipino, or, or, or uh, I'm dating this man because these well, nogs are not bringing it for me. Well, guess what? Don't bring up race. Because, because I tell you something else, and I'm pretty sure, um, I'm pretty sure that Sergio will understand this and our listeners, is that sometimes these women will make these complaints, and guess what? They will date a white nog. They will date a Chinese nog. And you see, you scratch your head, Wait, mm-hmm. I don't I've know about it. that, Deeper. <laughs> uh, 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 Captain, do you know what I'm talking about? Because we've seen it up close. We've seen, we've seen black women date white nogs, yep. white white DMXs, and still complain about black men. And you sit there and scratch your head that, well, you know, you just dated a nog in white skin. What am I missing? I thought the joke was black women were more discerning when they when they when they crossed the line. It was black men; they would take any kind of scraps we could get because it was a trophy type of thing. That's what I thought the joke was. I don't know. Listen, I'm not approving of black men that will publicly say certain certain ish. Like in the case of uh, Stefan Clark, who was not a notable figure. Um, he didn't become notable until death, unfortunately, but. Sisters held him to the when he vocalized something. You can't have two two separate two different rules for the same self hatred. You know he he dated he was dated this Asian woman, 
and he put her on a pedestal when it's unfair to her. Why aren't you seeing seeing her past who she is? And ironically, she was speaking and acting like a black female now. You still got what you want, but the housing was different. I mean, that's what's going on here. I'm not. If you see Afro nerd, if you see Afro nerd with some white woman, I'm not going to give you an explanation. I'm going to say, hey, that's Janice over there wearing that Afro nerd shirt. That's Janice over there. You check out her. You check out her French pedicure. Did, did you see that? She, did you see her bottom? Her bottom looks kind of on the Kim Kardashian side. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's hey, tough, even that's, even I, I hear Chance the Rapper's now got himself a white girl. Well, come on. <laughs> you know, listen, you just date who you want. You date who the hell you want to date without explanation. And you can still be a black person. That whole thing about, well, he's not black anymore. Really? You know what I mean? See, my thing also is that some of these sisters actually switch up and change up. Ice T is still a, is still respectfully a nod with Coco. Ice T is still Ice T. These women, they will tell you, they, they start to look at, okay, perfect example. What's the difference between Ice-T and his woman versus, um, versus Eve and her British husband? Wasn't Eve a rough rider? Now, Eve, Eve is like the Queen of England now. She speaks differently. <laughs> Different woman. She was a white man now. All things have changed. She's not just... She's not. He's not just her man. Like to me, it's like whatever her husband's name is. Like that's that's so and so. We went to you know we we kind of hanging out, we're chilling. Da 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 da. They don't talk that way. You talk like you got something better. You act like you have somebody better. I don't. I don't. That's phony. Something is not right. If Afrinoda's with a white woman, I'm going to still act like myself. So be prepared, by the way. I'm just saying. All right, Alfredo, you got it. You got it. (laughs) All right. Now, well, listen, I'm just, I want full clarity. That's all. All right, listen, let's go to a quick room. We come back, we got a lot more to get into. Uh, We got uh, Janelle Monet, Dirty Computer. Uh, We got Michelle Wolf, uh, White House Correspondent Center. Uh, I don't know what the big deal is about that. I almost have nothing to say about that because that's just the obvious. That's that's white Kanye going, getting at it. You might as well call Trump white Kanye. He just he, he just he just has uh he just has more power, more respect. Well, before before you do, I just want to say I gotta leave now. I hope I see you guys this weekend. We'll see. We'll, we'll try. We'll try, sir. The only thing is, uh, we'll man, I got so much to do. I got my car I know. and everything. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. All right. We'll, we'll see what in. we can do. Uh, folks, okay. Uh, sounds good. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Alabama Shakes for two minutes, and we'll come back. Let's talk about um, Janelle Monae's Dirty Computer. And actually, as a new movie, I want to hear from from the Uncanny. It's called Ken, a new trailer called Ken. Let's talk about that at first. Ken, then Dirty Computer. Alabama Shakes. Shoe Gaze. We'll be right back.
We've got about 12 minutes remaining. Once again, this is the Midweek in Review edition of After Earth. That was the mighty Brittany Howard of Alabama Shakes. I haven't heard from them in a minute. I think they were at Afropunk. I, I, want, I, get, I think Daryl probably could confirm for me. Did, did Alabama Shakes Daryl ever perform at Afropunk? Yep. Two years ago. Excellent like group. Excellent group. Alabama Shakes performed on the same set. They, they went on before uh, Leon Le Havis. And uh, who was the other one? There was there was somebody else, but Alabama was Michelle Shakes. And was it yes. Michelle and Diego Cello also on that on that ticket? Yep, that, that was, was that was the, that was the that, year we thought Prince. Oh, all of these Prince followers are on here. Maybe Prince might show up. Nah, we didn't get that unfortunately. Oh man, I, just, I you know what, Daryl? Well, I'm not going to go into it, but I just thought that that was going to be an inevitability. Because our, our friend Jocelyn Cooper, again to the listening audience, Jocelyn Cooper is one of the uh, managers of the Afropunk Festival, which is now global. You know, there's an Afropunk South Africa, there's an Afropunk Atlanta and London and so forth, and most certainly Brooklyn. And I got to get my tickets like within the next couple of days. I'm going to actually buy them early. Um, but I could. It, it, she was hinting that she really would have wanted to get him. And then behind the scenes, I was trying to get. Andre Simone on that on that ticket, and I believe there was a discussion, but you know because of the Afro theme, uh, I know that the revolution is still touring, but they do want like a man of color as the lead. So whether it would be Bilal and or Andre Simone, uh, that might be maybe that will happen. Maybe we might see the revolution at Afro Pump, but it, it is bittersweet that I, I could have I definitely thought we were going in that direction. Anyway, um, let, let's, let's get into this. Uh, there's, a, there's a trailer that I saw that I think Sir, Sergio sent it out to me initially. And it seems interesting. I'm not going to lie. It sounds, it sounds and seems interesting. I will definitely check it out. It seems like it is a it, – it's thematically very similar to Attack the Block in some ways. The, the U.K. Uh, – I'd say urban sci-fi thriller from a few years ago that was the uh, where we became known with John Boyega, but John Boyega's appearance was was where was what was most notable when they started throwing terms like uh, you know the next Denzel that kind of thing. So anyway, I see Ken, Dennis Quaid is in there, Zoe Kravitz, uh, a, a young man of color in a multiracial family who finds this otherworldly rep otherworldly weapon and then shenanigans are afoot i'm going to leave it at that we don't know the full deal i think it's going to be released sometime in late august um i will see it but uh, it's no wakanda going on in my estimation what are your what are your impressions daryl if you did see this ken trailer uh well the theater over here by fresh meadows they had that uh, before the Infinity War movie, and the first, the first thing I thought to myself is, we need a black version of the Beetle Test. So yeah. we go like you, you give me that. Zoe Kravitz. What? Explain that. All right, Explain the Beetle te- for the folks. The Beetle Test it was was this thing, uh, 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 like a, a checklist, a checklist of whenever a woman is in the movie. <laughs> Uh, or whenever a woman is in the movie, if if the, uh, a series of factors where it comes down like, okay, 
Now, here we are in this movie. Okay, is it two women discussing something other than their men? Is it, you know, does she have strong scenes in the movie? All right, is she a woman in a refrigerator? You know, it's various things to go to make sure the woman isn't stereotypically involved in the movie just to say, hey, we have women in the movie, you know, something like that. I see this black kid, I see this weapon, I see futuristic soldiers, and then, like, outside of Zoe Kravitz, the rest of this whole movie is freaking white. And I'm sitting down there like, we need a black version of the Beatle test. We're going to just, well, hey. Bechtel, just, 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 just yeah, yeah. Bechtel, B-E-C-H-D-E-L, Bechtel test. Yeah, I, I named after, I think her first name's Allison, Allison Bechtel. Don't hold me to that. I haven't spoken to her or seen her name in a minute. But she came up with the test, and it's brilliant, because you could actually apply this test to any race involving any movie. Because it is universal, because when when we go to the movies, like Captain and we have said, we love to see ourselves on screen. But we want ourselves on screen portrayed the right way. Without the stereotypes. So, it looks interesting. You find this weapon from the future. Da, 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 but but there's a lot of tropes just in the trailer. Where I went like, okay, check, yeah, check, yeah. Not good checks, mind you, if I'm doing the trope check on the trailer. Yeah, check, check, check. And I'm like, if I'm going to sit through this, I'm going to need a lot of Jack Daniels. Well, That's and you're correct. The attack it was, the ball never did. And, and you're correct. Uh, it is Alison Bechtel, who is a, a comic book creator within her own right, and she's the one that came up with this this test. And I guess there should be. A, there probably is a racial. I believe there is a racial version of what you're talking about. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a little bit of a problem, I think. Now, listen. We understand that there are multiracial families, and that has to be portrayed as well. But it does seem as if it's a way, it's, it's an avoidance thing. As opposed to actually having a, a, a contained movie with people of color, you, it's still working on that trope that, well, you just can't have people of color. It's got to have a, a great deal of white involvement in order, for, in order for it to make money or in order for it to be palatable to white audiences. Now, uh, I just saw this article, I think uh, Sergio sent this article to me as well, or it might have been the captain. There's an article that's floating around that 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 clearly states, as if we didn't know this, and as if Black Panther didn't prove it. But there's more evidence, more more uh, indexes out there that are clearly stating that oh wow, uh, majority minority films, majority black films, when marketed to a mainstream audience, can be quite successful. Black Panther notwithstanding. So shocker. now what are we going to do? It's a shocker. <laughs> this is a new, uh, some new study. Okay, so you got you got the you got the um, you got you got the nerds involved. So they they got a new study that clearly says, oh yeah, if you market a black film to a white audience, they will actually go and see it and make money. So we we shouldn't have to necessarily see this kin ish as because the kin thing. It's too much of a standard. Like, matter of fact, we didn't talk about this, um, but there's, there's a controversy now with the, uh, 
the Lethal Weapon TV series. For for whatever reason, you got a white Kanye on that on that show. The the, the person that plays Riggs, not Riggs, I'm sorry, that plays um, Murtaugh, the uh, the character that was played by uh, what's his face? Oh God! No, no the nut. It's Riggs. Murtaugh, Murtaugh was Danny Glover. You know, Riggs. Riggs is this dude that. It decided I'm going to be Mel Gibson by making these comments. Yeah, well, he's a problem for the entire set, allegedly. And he may lose that gig, and he may... I, believe it or not, I didn't think that this TV series would actually work. But it appears to be somewhat successful, and he is sabotaging it because he can't get along with, like, anybody. Like him and everybody else. So something's going on with this guy. I don't know what it is. But the reason why I even mention it is that, well, you know, you know what? Who said... That for the new iteration, that the white guy had to, that 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 uh, that the Mel Gibson character had to be a white person. Why couldn't they have flipped that for the 21st century? I found that kind of odd. Why why would that it still would have worked? Why wouldn't didn't it they, work? Well, didn't they try that? It, which is, which is kind of funny because if you see it, didn't they do this with uh, uh, Damon Wayans? On the uh, where he was this character when he was teamed up with, was it Bruce Willis? Was it him and Bruce Willis in that movie during the the late nineties, early two thousands, where he was the crazy dude and and also you had uh what is it? Who's the man? Where was Sam Jackson in that type role with uh with uh, Eugene Levy being the the? So they've done it in the past. It's just in this new culture, we would want to see it. And they went back to the old, old formula of having the black dude be the straight-laced one and the white dude get to be all crazy. Just lost Afrona. He got kicked off. <laughs> there we go again. The ghost of Sunday reappear. Hey, guys, can you hear me? Gotcha, Q. Can I just give you some breaking news that just came over my news feed? Oh, go right ahead. Apparently, the two brothers that were kicked out of Starbucks, they settled with the city of Philadelphia for a dollar each, but they're getting $200,000 to start a pilot program. Really? Really? I'm familiar with the story. Wait, wait. They both settled for a dollar. It was a symbolic gesture, but they got $200,000 to start uh, some sort of inner city program. We'll talk about it next time. We're out of time. Okay, all right. I will. I will say this. I will say this. Like James Shaw Jr. with like James Shaw Jr. That's a noble gesture. That is a real <laughs> noble gesture. But the the Negro in me sees that and goes, No, 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 no. They they could shove their noble gesture. You embarrass me, and now I have a record. You guys are paying up. But we'll get into that later. All right. Let's go out. Let's go out with this because we're out of here. We're out of time. Fellas, it's been tremendous. All right. Thanks for everybody for listening in. Uh, Thanks, Sergio, for calling in. Thanks, Big Sexy. We, the usual misfits, love it. Uh, Tune in Sunday. Because chances are something big will happen Sunday for for Captain and Deeper to get into hard and right. Captain.